Welcome to episode 327 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and the fantastic Jason Roberts. I am in the Batcave here today with Jason in his uh, his the new um, Pasadena mansion. And um, hey, Jason, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Pretty good. You? It's been so long. You actually look different. <laughs> yeah. You? Well, you too. Do I? Yeah, you got like a, a different thing going on with your hair, like like. Well, I just like got a hair. I just got a haircut about right, fifteen minutes ago, so I got okay, that yeah. just that that that, that uh, okay. That's fresh haircut look. You know how yeah. it always looks a little different when you yeah. first get a cut. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's been quite a while. Okay, been three months, right? Yeah. Now we have two dogs. Because one, yeah. one wasn't enough, apparently. <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> your dogs are multiplying in two ways. Like they're. A, they're twice the size. Well, the, f- the first one is twice the size, and now it has a pal who's just as big. Yeah, so the uh, Maisie is half German Shepherd, half Husky. Yeah. And she's, yeah, she's like 65 pounds now or something. And uh, the second one, we have a pure white German Shepherd, Ghost, who's now, he's getting there. He's like 45 pounds or something. He's still, he's going to double in size. He'll be like 80 pounds or something. And what was the, what was the thinking behind the new one? That Sandy and the kids wanted two dogs. That was the thinking. Two dogs. <laughs> I tried. So now, to, I tried to resist, but that must be a workout taking them for a walk at this point. Actually, we the, actually it's not very effective because they they fight. They've not in a they kill each other. Just like imagine like two siblings just getting at it. Yeah, you know, and it's it, and they're too big and too strong to keep them apart by yourself. It's so just, what do you do? Don't walk them. Oh. We either walk one at a time. You go two walks in a row. Or, but we have with the yard and everything. We're constantly they get a lot of exercise. They they run around and chase each other around and chase balls. They get way more exercise doing that than they would like say going on a twenty minute walk or something. Have they been swimming in your pool yet? Ghost accidentally <laughs> <laughs> fell in. <laughs> that's about it. Nice ghost. That's I like that name. Yeah. Ghost and Maisie. That's cool. So, uh, so yeah. So the that's that's different. So yeah, it's been three months. It was August. It yeah. was the last time we did a show, which is. I would say ninety-eight percent my fault. You've you've reached out a number of times and said, "Hey, we should probably get something going." But I've just felt completely overcommitted and just you know under a lot of pressure work-wise, and I just felt like I needed to focus. And I I was actually working on the weekends, working all day Saturday and Sunday. And yeah. So what? So what is the? What are all your projects now? Well, the projects haven't changed so much. Is it just? Uh, the you know what I was trying to get done and what's well, been the main time suck then? Okay, so you know, the, the two big projects I'm working on are obviously number one is Math Academy. Yeah. Well, and then there's there's it's called one A and one B. One A is the software platform and the yep. content, um, and one B is of course the district program, which takes up you know a good chunk of my mind space and time and. Because you've got to communicate else. with people as well. It's yeah, just so, and so it's like it's, it's things are always going off the rails in one way or another, and you have to constantly be like trying to sort things out. That so I could get into that too. There's there's been some stuff with that, but then the third, the, the number two, of course, is the crypto trading project, yeah. right? Okay, how's it? And so has that been? Have you been working on that the most? Yeah. Well, no. Well, you know, it's one of those things that I hop back and forth. You know, sometimes I'm good about splitting the day. But I'm usually better in bursts. You know, I go yeah. three or four days or a week on something and I just crank. And then the other one, I go, oh, crap, I got to jump on this. And then I get sort of subsumed with thinking about that. I'm probably more effective doing that generally. The the downside, of course, of doing that is 
if you go a week, even if you go a few days at working something, you know how it just falls out of your brain. Yeah, exactly. And you got to load it all back into RAM in again. Zone, yeah. And if it goes too long, it can take you days to can to really get everything back in that mental space where you can make solid progress. But conversely, if you get in the zone, you can really ram through stuff like charge through charge but if you but like if you're but okay it's really hard to split half a day and half a day because if you're on something in the first part of the day let's say you let's say your goal is to do you know you go to lunch and then you switch gears okay the 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 struggle point for me is even if i go on project b and i move off of project a I'm still excited about what I was working on. My mind is still, yeah, still on there. those things and I can't stop thinking about it. And even though if I'm like, all right, I, and I say, all right, stop, just think about project B. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I have an idea about project A. You know, you just can't get <laughs> well, it. So what do you, so, so do you try and do day to day or you try and switch, flip it in between days? I was, tr- for a while I was trying to split it half, half and half. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I figured it out. I don't think I figured it out. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I just kind of keep experimenting and it might be a thing that I can do. Sometimes I can split days, you know, maybe, maybe 20, 30% of the time I can do that. And the rest of the time I'll just kind of bounce around do a week or so. And, but, but you know, when you get on it, it's like, and I know you get like this. I work on it night and day. Yeah. I work on all day Saturday. I work on all day Sunday. I work. I just, you know, it's yeah. very spiky. Um, and then what happens, I get behind on something and I get really, feel really guilty. I get really frustrated with myself. There's a lot of self-hate <laughs> <laughs> for not working on it. And then I go nuts and I get ton done. But it's just, it's all you, man. It's all you. I know. Well, it, yeah. it's, <laughs> it, it's true. It is. It's like I could elect to do none of this or all of it or some of it. It's just all. But I think part of it is my... I'm just sort of saying, you. so, you know, you're your own worst critic then. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody's, you know, in fact, you know, when I talk to, whenever I start feeling guilty about stuff, like, oh, I haven't done this work, I feel like, oh, James and Ken, who I'm doing the crypto project with, they're going to be like, dude, are you doing this or what? I mean, like, I'm thinking if I was them, I would be like, hey, man, what, are you, are you in this or, or what? You know, mm-hmm. but they never say that. They're totally laid back. So I, I'm a, I'm like a hard ass version of them in on my you, head on, on yourself. me, and so then I go nuts working on stuff till then I get like ahead of where I maybe should be, should be. I kind of overcompensate and I just do a ton. You've, you're sort of like a double abstraction from having to do something for for a boss. Like some people, like the first abstraction is moving out of the building where you work into a remote space. Now you've got to like manage yourself, but yeah. you've got a second abstraction which is. What am I going to do? Like, I don't even have a boss. Like, I make my own decisions. I decide exactly what I can do. I can do whatever the hell I want. So it's a double layer of discipline that you need to even just do something. Right. Well, (laughs) I I think like you are, it's like the first one, let's call the first level, which is like, should I do anything or whatever? (laughs) I have like innate programming that I wanted, that I'm, I'm excited about thing you yeah. know you, you, you talk about the time you know you the, the term of the madness which you right, point right. and I, I think is a great way to describe it is i don't have control over the madness <laughs> right you don't have control over it it yeah. controls you mm-hmm. you know it's just like once you have it it's like you have, like it's like having control over a disease right nobody has control over a recession it's just you're obsessed with something you have to it's like an itch you have to scratch 
So I wouldn't give myself any credit for saying, well, you know, you, you just do nothing and getting yourself to do something. That's a, I'm not built that way. I'm dying to know how far along you are on the crypto project. Where's that? So again, this is a project that I have to be a little careful about what I say because of its nature. You know, um, the thing about trading is it is truly zero sum, you know, as opposed to all these other things where someone's like, oh, well, you know, if you share your code or you do this, it's not really. You know, what does, like I've always wondered, what exactly does zero sum mean? I win, you lose. We can't both win. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So okay. if, if I if I have a uh, trading strategy that says if X, Y, and Z happen, then you do this. And if you do that, you'll make money 74% of the time. If I tell uh, two or three people that, and they have enough money to put in the market, and they do it at the same time, or they, they it, that that you can't do that to infinity, right? There's only so much because you do it and it just disappears, right? Someone takes advantage of it. Oh. It's like if I said, hey, you know, there's a fifty dollar, there's fifty dollars out in the front yard, and I tell it to you, and sometimes you pick it up, and sometimes I pick it up. Now I'm splitting it with you, right? So, so I guess every trade is a zero sum because it's yeah. like it I win or I lose. Like game, it's like playing poker or something. Right? So, but, but what specifically? Why is it called zero sum? What does that mean? It zero sum. You know, it's like uh, I I I I make a dollar, you lose a dollar, you sum it up, zero. One minus one is zero, right? I oh, make two dollars, oh. you lose two dollars. Oh, that's why it is. Okay, got it. Yeah. Zero so it's sum. so it's yeah. Makes your sense. gain is my loss. Your yeah. loss. Your 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 gain is my. You know whatever. Okay, so got it. Yeah, your gain is my loss. My gain is your loss. Now. It can be a little more complex than that because, of course, if you have thousands of market participants, you know, is your you know, and there may be huge capacity that like maybe a hundred of us could all be doing the same trade, and and there's so much capacity, it's such a big market that even uh, our us in aggregate we couldn't move the needle, right? Yeah, it's like in order to change the market to the, for that to disappear, it would take you know twenty million dollars on that trade. With us, hundred of us in aggregate, we don't have that much money to put in that trade, so it doesn't even affect anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, that that totally makes sense. And I'm just looking at. Uh, uh, I, I think I'm I'm more I'm closer to the zero than the one on <laughs> on my go <laughs> on my trade, which uh, go. I'm just looking it up here. I think let's you're see. negative. <laughs> we lost like ninety percent of its value or something. Uh, like let's. I, I'm going to say more. I mean, basically, I'm sure I put in what did it, what, it was like fifteen thousand or something. It's worth seven. 700 now so. well phil and i would always we, i would call and say when when justin wants into the market that's the final call it's about <laughs> the tank yeah <laughs> you're what's known as a is a um contra signal so a contra indicator so when you want to buy like that's the sell time it's like as soon as your mom or your your taxi cab driver i want to get on on dot com stocks or in real estate that is the final car a call the market is about to crash when the but people I, completely outside of the market but, are all excited about something, that is the last, those are the last people. I've double lost because my, because I, I took the tip of, from my personal trainer who said um, to buy Elec because it was, it was, um, I think on the chairman of the board was the guy from OMG. And so I bought Elec and at that time, Elec was worth about, each Elec was worth about 500, no, no, uh, for, for, from from the amount of elect that I bought, I could buy like 500 OMG. I sold 500 OMG. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that is now worth 4.29 OMG. 
And the OMGs aren't worth anything. And the OMGs not worth anything. So I severely Compounded. lost money by putting half of my money well, into a lek. Like see, it's this just is a good crazy. lesson. Listening to your trainer for financial advice <laughs> is about <laughs> the worst thing. I almost can't think of anything. <laughs> no, like, there's a reason he's a trainer and not trading full time, right? I mean, unless unless he had some substantial background making money, but if he was, he probably wouldn't be a. I mean, isn't trainer. like like I have 126,000 elect tokens, and that's and worth, worth what nine dollars OMG, <laughs> which is and worth each OMG is worth two dollars ninety six cents. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing. So, so, so I, at least I turned seven thousand dollars into four dollars. <laughs> that's miraculous. That's it's, almost I, I an impossibility. Think, yeah. You almost. I mean, aside from something going completely bankrupt, <laughs> like companies do go to business, you learn it all. But sh short of going bankrupt, that is almost like you you maxed it out. You've, I I will never. I mean, I've never in done investing before, and I, the, I just bought that one Tesla share. Mm -hmm. Which I sold, but I, I will never invest in that. Well, Tesla's up to like three hundred fifty dollars. I know, now. I know that was good. I shouldn't have sold it. I lost sold on it, that. Right? Sold it. <laughs> oh, did you make money when you bought it and you made money? You sold it for I less than you bought it. If you short anything I do, yeah, it's a you thing. are going to be contraindicator. You're you are, a contraindicator. You're you, be, you make a lot of money. Well, it's like George or Seinfeld, the George character. <laughs> he he would screw up everything in his life. So once he realized if he did everything that was the opposite of what he would naturally want to do, <laughs> yeah. he'd be successful. And of course, then he goes on and wins at everything. Oh, that's and awesome. does, like, He does the <laughs> anti-George. So anyway, back like, back to the um, sorry, yeah, the crypto trade. You want me to? I can answer that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, I'm just I, I just want to say that. It's not just me. I have two partners who, um, and in their, their world, they don't share information about this kind of stuff at all. Yeah. Right? And, and I can appreciate why, and so I don't want to violate anything about them. Uh, uh, any, any of the, I don't want to violate their confidence or anything like that. Yeah, but like, um, I, I'm just trying to find or, out, have you, have you built it? You know, no, have you started I mean, no. trading? So I, I will say this. We are still collecting data. Oh, okay. We're still collecting data because you need many months of data before you can really um, develop a strategy based on that data. And, and because is, you need a lot of different market conditions and things Previously, like that. maybe two shows ago, the data wasn't 100% good. Is it good now? Like you've sort of solved the issues. Some of, well, first of all, we're trying to collect data from lots of different exchanges on lots yeah. of different coins. Okay. Um, and that's not a, you know, then you have to write to all these different exchanges and you have to deal with all of their idiosyncrasies and they all have really crappy APIs and they're, they're not very reliable and they go down. And so you, you try and th thing is about writing a program that deals with that. Like, how do I write something? I come back in three months and I hope that it didn't screw up at all. It's self-corrected. That's tough to write. So I, and I, and I've written stuff like that for them, for these exchanges. And so far they've done a good job, but it's just like, because I don't have time to like get in there every single day and babysit them and go, okay, did this? I gotta fix this. I gotta fix this. They have to auto correct and know when to re. What kind of auto correction are we talking about? Well, basically, it has to be able to determine like if it's if the if the data is stale, if it hasn't gotten enough updates, if if if, if stuff has gotten out of sequence, you know, may, now all of a sudden something weird with a book where like the bid is greater than the ask that can't ever happen. Greater than equal to, you know, it's like there is something wrong with the data. Now we gotta. I got to close the connection, reconnect, get new data in, make sure that data is okay and go. And I have to do that for every symbol and, you know, constantly. 
And otherwise, you could buy, you look at you could connect you could look at your data, and three months later, you realize, oh crap, all day's crap. It's all corrupt. Mm. You know, we had some kind of a problem. It couldn't it couldn't correct for it. It couldn't. It didn't realize it had stale data. It didn't realize that things weren't right. Got it. So, we were, we were in the the Tesla store yesterday. Just a very quick mm -hmm. sidebar. Yeah. And uh, they had an ad on the that's, wall. That's our entire show should be called <laughs> Sidebar. <laughs> they had <laughs> that's an, all it is. That's they had a, like an ad on the wall which said, you know four-wheel drive each wheel is adjusting adjusting its torque a thousand times a second right sort of pretty much what you're saying right there yeah you know that's what you're doing but you know. that's a thousand times yeah so like because you're you're getting i mean i'm subscribing to hundreds of coins yeah 100 pairs per exchange and those things can are updating you know i don't know quite frequently per second i mean it just depends on the coin however but it's lots happening will you be trading on one Exchange or trading on multiple exchanges? Multiple exchanges. Multiple coins so on multiple exchanges. So will there be like weird race conditions of like where you don't necessarily know about the timing of stuff? There could be all kind of complexities that you got to look out for. A lot of, especially since it's it's not like with um, in, in, in sort of the proper financial exchanges where you get a direct line to an exchange. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. We're going over the internet. That's what I was thinking. I, yeah. We don't know where these where their servers are. We don't know if they're behind some CDN. I mean, there's just, there's still kind of weirdness and and things you just don't know. So you just have to factor in all of that sort of. It's just you're on very unstable ground. And it just makes it that much more complicated. So does your strategy need to be like half a second fault tolerant kind of thing? Uh, probably. That, you know, that, probably. I mean, I haven't really, got, I haven't really gotten to dealing. We you, we haven't. So, my my partners are they're working on the developing the the research infrastructure. Right. Okay. I'm working on the data collection right now. We will we will relatively soon start working on writing the actual trading strategy. You know, it's like getting actual trading client all that stuff. So, I'll be able to better answer those questions. So one of the things I was starting to experiment with was rather than writing the data collectors in um, Node, is writing them in C sharp. Oh, interesting. For speed, because I started to get the sense I was going to have to have like a you know dozen or two dozen data collection servers, EC2 instances, and I was like, that's just going to be a giant pain in the ass, you know. Yeah. And so I actually spent way more time than I should have writing in C sharp. Now I wasn't going to write it in C or C plus plus because doing that is just be a nightmare and C sharp is pretty damn fast. It might be like 30% slower than C. But why would it be a nightmare in C? Everything's a nightmare in C. Everything is hard, especially stuff with um, networking or I think it's like multi threaded or but whatever. But aren't there libraries though? Yeah, it's just a headache. Okay. It's just a headache. Um, yeah. if everything's a headache. Um, I mean, if you're really, really good, that's all you do. And once you get used to, you're working a very particular problem domain and you have your library set up and everything and, you know, it becomes less painful, right? You just get used to you dealing with it. But um, I haven't yeah. worked with C++ in a, lot, a long time. Okay. And so, and especially with like, you know, connecting to WebSockets and parsing JSON and all that kind of stuff, I just have a feeling that would be a nightmare. And so I said, you know, if I write it in C Sharp, It'll be almost as close as C++, but it'll still be it'll be ten times easier to deal with. It's less painful than dealing. I mean, like C# is still more work than JavaScript for sure. 
and I know jo- I know C sharp pretty well. I've I've done quite a bit of work in that over the years, and so I was like, you know, I'm gonna give it a benchmark it and stuff. And so what I did is I wrote a bunch of benchmarks, and it was like maybe in some cases five times as fast as JavaScript. Yeah, for parsing messages and writing to disk and doing some different things. Maybe the writing to disk wasn't that much faster, but just doing some things. But then, but what, what I what I discovered is when I actually hooked them up to an exchange and processing, that most of the CPU was coming from the WebSocket just receiving the data, not from actually even parsing the JSON messages, mm. much less writing to disk, much less you know manipulating the data structures for the you know the level book and all this kind of just stuff. Just basic socket connection stuff. That's it, doing it essentially now. That was like 90%. Huh. And once you got to there, C sharp was maybe 30, 40%, 30, maybe 30% faster. Hmm. So like not enough to even worry about. Yeah. But it was really much was it was much more of a pain to deal with because ja- node in JavaScript in particular are very are you know JSON is native to it, right? So did you pull so did you pull out of C sharp then? Yeah. Got yeah. it. Okay. I burned a lot of time on that, you yeah. know, because I didn't I kind of fooled myself into thinking, well, I'm gonna work on these I'm gonna benchmark these specific things and I don't know, it was just anytime you get to a new development environment, it isn't like you just get everything working in that problem domain in like three or four days. Sometimes it takes many weeks of benchmarking and trying things and Yeah. I don't know. It just took a lot longer than I thought. And then at the end of the day, I discovered that when I really got the whole thing together and really benchmarked, um, and I compared apples to apples, it wasn't that much faster. <laughs> and it was still just a pain to deal with. So I went back to Node. Which, because at the end of the day, the development cycle being so much faster, much faster, is going to change the the equation. You're going to learn much much better. Much by, faster. Yeah. I mean, I'm much faster, and 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 it's yeah. just it's just JSON is this native. It's just it's, it's native to to, to yeah, JavaScript. It's yeah. just part of it, whereas it's not at all in uh, C sharp. I mean, there's some libraries and stuff that help with it, but it's just it's just a pain in the ass. And I just found it. I and I'll, oh, here's the real reason. I, I aside from it, because once I had everything built, I was like, I could have just done the C sharp. But the problem was that um, the WebSocket library wasn't stable. If I oh. had more than two connections open, it would crash. And and also the JSON, just working like like you're saying. I'm just thinking about JavaScript. The JSON, the way that the object is formatted, you know, for the when you're coding it and all that stuff is ten times easier because in C sharp you're going to have to be dealing with. Yeah, well, they had this know. library called Newton Soft. They had a pretty good parser and everything. Yeah. And then what you would do is you would take an instance of the JavaScript, almost like a so you could get so you would. There was this website called C Sharp to JSON to C Sharp, and you'd paste it into a window and hit convert. It would, it would create a C Sharp class that would be reflective of the schema, re, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for, represented by that example JSON. And so yeah. that's how you would create your classes really easy, and you know they would work. Yeah. But you know, I I got all that stuff working, and I got everything doing. But um, at the end of the day. <laughs> When I started to scale it up, and I couldn't get past more than two connections, it's some of these exchanges. You can only have so many connect, so many pairs per connection, so you have to have multiple connections. And if you had one or two, it crashes. So I'm like, so screw it. What, what, where are you at? with regard to? So obviously, you've made some progress. You've you've sort of got some stuff working. You're doing data collection. Like, wh- when do you think you'll sort of be in that situation where you can run some trading tests? Like, how long is that going to take? Probably after the new year, sometime. 
January, yeah. February. Yeah. I mean, those those guys are, are they're spending a lot of time on their research infrastructure and things like that. And we're going to be, those guys do all of their work in Julia, the language yeah. Julia, which is really cool. But it, Julia is not built for like writing a trading app or connecting to WebSockets. There's, there isn't even a reliable WebSocket library last time I checked. Yeah. So what, you, what we're going to do is we're going to have a JavaScript client, you know, the trading client, it'll connect to sort of the, um, the Julia service kind of running being like the model, the trading, the, actually the signal telling it what to, telling it like, hey, you know, you know, we should sell this or we should buy that or we should be long this or sort this or whatever. And then the, the, the JavaScript, you know, it will figure out all the intricacies about how to deal with the trading strategy and how to make that happen. Yeah. Okay. And, and so do they have, or um, not for the trading strategy with the orders, because it's just because you want to be long or short something, you could already be long. And then it's like, do I cancel that order and sell, sell this or do that? Or do they have any like, uh, learnings about whether their strategies like are they still formulating strategies or do they have some strategies they're still work? working on in infrastructure before they can even start really doing oh, strategy okay. development right so yeah. um, it's a big project it's a huge project yeah okay so we'll see you know um although i could probably talk less and less about it like i mean there's no real say that hey i'm collecting data you know it's yeah. a pain in the ass collecting exchanges pain hey i'm writing in javascript like that's not really you know gonna um it's not giving anybody any advantages, you know. All right. Well, uh, so that's 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 that. So that that's, that's okay. been an ongoing, and it's um, it's interesting. It's 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 fun. Of course, then I balance that with the other stuff. But before we get into that, do you want to talk about? Yeah, I don't want to just go on. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Well, I wanted. There's a couple of things I wanted to. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff to talk about, but uh, some of the top of the mind stuff. I want to talk about Jack? Mm -hmm. um, Jack is your son. My son. Who is five, now five, five years, years old. old. Okay. Um, and he's there's there's a couple he's there's a couple of things where I'm just really beginning to understand. Okay, that that's who you are. That's who you are. Right. You know, you sort of like I'm, you probably remember this with Colby. You're like as as he's sort of moving from two to three, you're sort of trying to understand. Okay, yeah. who 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 are you? Like what right. what is this person? So one of them was. Um, so I think he's basically going to be an outgoing engineer. Okay, is pretty much what I think. Okay, and so. Like one of those, the other day, in fact, just yesterday, we were in Desconso Gardens. Have you been to Desconso Gardens? Sandy used to run the wedding program there. Years yeah, ago. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's just like five, five, ten acres of just gardens yeah. that you can walk around. And we go there, we go there a bit. Anyway, we're sort of walking through Desconso Gardens. And um, a lot of people do pre-wedding photo shoots there and stuff like this. So there's a, a, about 15 groomsmen, the whole grooms party. I guess uh, walking towards us as we're walking down a path, and they're all wearing tuxedos and bow ties, and the cameras like the, the the guy with the cameras leading them, and they're all sort of walking, you know, fast, like with purpose, something like that. And so we're walking opposite against them, and Jack just walks up to them, and he just goes, "Hey guys, high five, high five!" and walks through the crowd like high five, high five, high five, <laughs> high five, like every all these guys like high fiving Jack, and he's like, "Yeah, man, this is great," you know. He is so confident he's so confident he and he's he's a leo and he's just you know as we're walking around he's like hey like even when he just sees other kids he's like hey how are you i'm five my name's jack j-a-c-k jack how, how are you going what's he what are you doing today he's, like, he's just so confident that's great that's so great. that's cool um and then the other thing is and i i've been sort of meaning to mention it on a few shows but i didn't quite have 
the proof that I was looking for. Like I wasn't 100% sure. This is about his smarts. And um, well, I think that he is, I think he has some smarts. And um, basically this is to do with Minecraft. So he's he he's always been into Minecraft for a long time, even since he was like three and a half. Mm -hmm. Like ne no, never played it, just mm -hmm. on YouTube, just watching well, the videos of yeah. people doing. So during during the whole year when he was four, he was like watching Minecraft, you know, whenever he could. He didn't play? No playing. because we did Because we said, you can't play until you're five. Why? Just decided. That's just, just, just an internal decision we made. I mean. It was arbitrary. Why, what was the reasoning for that? Um, I guess we just, we just wanted, we, I think we both had a suspicion that once that, you know how when you open a door with kids, it's just, you can't close it. And then it sort of becomes like a, a very mm -hmm. big thing in their life. I just think we weren't ready to open that door. You know, we didn't want it to become like a, Okay. An all-consuming thing until that point. Okay. So we left off until five. Anyway, on his fifth birthday, he played Minecraft, and like by the end of the day, he had smelted like a, a like a, a diamond sword. And I'm like, okay. So and then I just sort of saw him playing and sort of left him. You know, when he was playing, I wouldn't really sort of inquire too much. But then we sort of one day. This was about two months after five, so he'd been playing it for a couple of months, and. Um, he saw an aquarium like he, he was we were watching we were watching youtube and he saw an aquarium he's like look there's there's an aquarium and it, i think it was a mod where they just had like a regular aquarium in minecraft so just like maybe it was like four blocks big with some fish in it so i googled you know how to get an aquarium i couldn't find that how to get the mod i couldn't find how to do it but what i did find was someone else who just sort of explained okay i made my own aquarium out of glass blocks i made it like the size of a room I put mm -hmm. a bunch of glass blocks around it. I put some water in it. I put some coral in it. Okay, so I sort of just left him watching that. And he said, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. So I went, I, I left him doing that. And then I came back. And what he built was, and this, this is like just playing the game two months. Let me just show you this picture here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Justin is searching his phone for some kind of a picture. Look at this. Okay. I want to show you. So he built a room, a, a house with double walls, mm -hmm. water through the middle, coral and fish, a bonfire on the roof, a, a bedroom, a reading room. So if you, if you sort of zoom, zoom in, well, first of all, you can yeah. see, see the little uh, fire thing. Yeah. And so this is like normal for you because, because you know, yeah, Colby's yeah. done this for ages. But for me, this is him just playing it for two months. So then he put the coral in there, the little fish in there. And then Impressive. inside, he put, wow. he did carpeting, artwork on the walls, <laughs> um, like uh, the reading room, like a place to hang your thing. And so then I sort of had, I hadn't really, like I said, I hadn't really paid attention to what he was doing. And then I looked at his world. He's he's gradually terraforming this world. That's mm. one little piece there, yeah. right? On here, he's building like skyscrapers here. Nice. Um, here, he's building like other building, other concepts, like a bridge across the... <laughs> the river right there roller coaster going this way it's pretty cool so it's like yeah well that's the great thing about uh minecraft and games like it that allows kids to really express their creativity and it's problem solve and you know design and things like that you know my my kids you know likewise love love design oriented games especially open-ended stuff like minecraft i yeah but i think that you know just at five that level of detail i think that's quite advanced i think he's i think you know seven is when you're supposed to start playing minecraft that's its age that's its age that? tag you know 
Like oh, when is that on just the box. On the yeah. box? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's you're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Based on what data? So, you okay. know, it just it's, it was just really, really nice to sort of get this insight into who your kid is and so you like think he's gonna be, what he can do. He, and Yeah. Yeah. So, what's he in kindergarten? Uh, he's he's still in pre-K. We're, we're in a place called, uh, well, I'm not going to say the name. What's his, what, why not say the name? Well, I don't know. Just going out on the internet. You don't know who's going go, go to go to. <laughs> we this. don't want other people going to this school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. What's, um, uh, he's five though. Isn't five kindergarten? I, I, When's dude, his birthday? Dude, August. He's just five. Okay. Recently five in August. Okay. I did, but you... I don't know that the way that those ages things work. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Like that. I was just wondering if you guys were, uh, I mean, I was trying to think Colby. Yeah. Actually what they've moved, they've moved the age back. Yeah. So when Colby went, you, you had to be, I don't know, like five by, you could be five by December and you could start, but now they've moved it back to, I think September 1st or something. So this, something else I want to mention is that um, like most of the gameplay requires reading. Mm-hmm. He, he can't read. Right, like so, it's all from the, the 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 watching of the YouTube. He's like soaked up all the knowledge and yeah. the, the strategy. So you know how to work with crafting tables, how to build stuff because there's so much stuff that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, even just what. And he's always coming to me and he's like, "Daddy, Daddy, I want to make a, I want to make like a like an amethyst sword." You know, and like mm-hmm. to make an amethyst, amethyst sword, we have to build a portal and go to the the world of the Enderman. You know, and things mm-hmm. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's one thing I've noticed. It, in the YouTube, you can find a how-to and almost anything on YouTube now. Well, and so that's and that and the kids have gotten really good. The kids, the the that's, you know, the kids who are growing up now have are are so used to now learning almost anything and everything from a video. Well, only within the last month has he been able to find what he wants. So mm-hmm. before that, because obviously he couldn't type a search. Sure. But now he can actually say searches because you've got this capability uh, to say, okay, say sure. you know, like, so now he's Search like... for Amethyst Sword, <laughs> yeah, Minecraft exactly. Amethyst Sword. Or and something. That now it's just gone, it's just completely taken off. Now he can control. But before it was just like a stream of whatever the algorithm served him. Yeah, but yeah, now yeah. it's like what he wants. So is he, um, this, does he use like an iPad or like a computer? Just uses this iPhone right here. Just a phone. Just the phone. Why don't yeah. you get like an iPad? Would it be a little easier for him? I'm, to I mean, maybe. I'm just. I'm, you're Mister. You're Mister iPad. I, I'm just like I said. I'm just sort of taking it one step at a time. Like I don't want him to just like have you know, ta-da, like be just have everything because I know that he is going to be Mister Head in the Computer IT guy. He's going to be that. So I'm just like just gradually. You know, I've, I'm I'm pacing it. Why hold back the inevitable? <laughs> <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's that's see what's what's really um, it's actually you know can be kind of a it's actually a point of concern for a lot of parents because kids the stuff that they do on the computer is so engaging, it's so addictive. Whether it's YouTube channel, I mean YouTube by itself. And all the YouTubers and stuff. I mean, this stuff is, you know, is really just, it connects with them. And they find stuff that just exactly what they want, whenever they want. And then, um, you know, and then, of course, all the games like, you know, like Minecraft and Roblox or whatever. And, you know, tons of kids, they spend most of their time on these things. So it's like this, and it's this constant struggle. So you have parents going two sides. You have the parents who are like the no electronics families you know, who don't, who try, which I think is fighting a losing battle. It's like the kids who grew up, you go to college, you meet them in college and never watch any TV and you're like, and they're just clueless about the world. 
And then, then there's the, well, only on the weekends kind of thing, but not during the weekdays or whatever. And then you have, you know, we're much more of the laissez-faire kind of like, you know, whatever. What as long I as you've find, done your homework. Do, do, your, do you know, you got to do your homework, your stuff done. Then do but want. I mean, what I find remarkable is it's almost like he's, find his, he's found his passion like at age three. It's like, because we have, you know, cousins and we see what other people watch on YouTube and all this. And, you know, they don't watch Minecraft all the time. Like yeah. he... He found that passion of Minecraft long before he could play it. Well, I would I would be careful to extrapolate because I made that mistake myself a little bit. Some you may be right, you may be wrong in terms of extrapolating too much. Right. Because I mean, you know, Minecraft for many years now has been a phenomenon with kids. Yeah. Hundreds of millions of kids around the world use it constantly. So, and of course, it's not all going to become engineers or designers or whatever. It's just yeah. taps into kids' natural ability to want to manipulate the world around them, to explore, to create. You know, he very well might be. You know, I, I'm not. I don't work with five year olds in Minecraft, so I don't know like what's what's really amazing and what's you know standard fare. It looks really cool. But that's when you when you're playing, right? So mm -hmm. when you're playing, you're learning that it can do that. Mm -hmm. But when you're just watching. I don't know. You know what I'm I mean? Not a, I'm like, not an expert in five-year-old. Like, where, like, where like they, why? What, well, which I'm talking about three-year-olds. Like, so we see, he discovered Minecraft at three as a thing to watch people doing Minecraft. For some reason, that caught his his like fascination more than, you know, Peppa Pig or mm -hmm. like his cousin Linny. She just watches people drawing and playing with slime. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. he just got obsessed with watching people do Minecraft. Yeah. I was like, why? Yeah, you know, yeah, that's just that's like random. Well. I mean, it's like that's just a why that. Well, you know, like I guess it, it's it. I mean, it probably does appeal to kids who are more design, you know, oriented. Where the design is from an artistic or from a engineering kind of yeah. approach. But it is like if you look at the number of kids who watch those videos, it's like tens of millions. Oh, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's no, no, it's huge. crazy. It's a lot. It's um, huge. What do you think about uh, parents who... So you've heard of like Ryan's Toy Review, have you? What? What do you say? Ryan's Toy Review. Oh, is that like a kid? Over, oh, yeah. And he makes like millions of dollars a year because he just... Makes about kids. 25 million a year. Yeah. He's one of the most one of the most successful YouTube channels. Right. He just... It's like a little kid just opens up and reviews playing with a toy or something. Pretty much. But basically, at the end of the day, the, the, the sort of... The, well, I was just wondering, what, what's your sort of thoughts on um, commercializing your kid? I, you know, like, like <laughs> in that so way. Here, here, here's the thing. Okay, so imagine that you, um, mom, you owned a mom and pop toy store. Yeah. And you'd have your kid sort of play with it. It's like you'd have a kid play with the toy because, hey, we got some new toys in. Let me know what you think because I, I'm going to figure out based on how he, how your kid was playing with them. You decide what to put in the front of the store and what not and what to sell because you know it'd be like. It's just the toy maker's kid or the toy store's kid. He gets to play with all the toys. Just like, you know, you see that kind of stuff happen all the time. But because there's so much money assigned to it, now, of course, it's like this point of well, concern. Well, let, let me just give you a little more insight here because they've, <clears throat> they make, they've make a range of toys that are all him. Um, so basically, they're the Ryan toys, but Ryan... It like you know Ryan, uh, Super Ryan, or Ryan the robot, or and so so he so his sort of face is on all of these toys in the store. Ah, oh, okay. You know, and um, they they've got deals with Walmart and with Target, and like you've got Ryan toys in all of these different stores, and like you've got millions and millions of viewers, and every time they do a show, it's now not just him sort of playing with it. It's it's he's sort of playing but doing a promotional ad for the yeah. product. 
So it's like <laughs> right. Well, I, he, 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 it's, it's not the same. I think he wrote a high risk. I think is that when you put when your kids become rich and famous at a young age, you ha- you run a high risk if they're going to follow the path of your typical child stars. And what happens uh, to most of them? Yeah, they end up on drug addicts, yeah. drug addicts, and things right. like that because they peak at age peak. nine or fifteen yeah. or whatever it is. And everyone's kissing their ass, and they're the center of everything, and they can have what they want, and they, and then their star fades. Their time is over. Nobody cares about them any more other than just their parents or you know their, or their family. There's, there's nobody external. They're getting this. They're not, but they're addicted to that kind of attention and that kind of you know interesting. feedback. And, and those, uh, you know, I mean, I, there's. It, it seems to be a rarity that someone was a child star and they come out come out of it unscathed and, le- and leave a, a happy, well-adjusted, fulfilling life. And there's a very small number of them become adult stars, a few of them, and the, but the ones who don't, it's just it's usually kind of train wreck. It's usually like true Hollywood, true story. I've used to, I used to watch those all the time, and they're like a train wreck, you know. Well, they, these parents are very clever because. Um, they're already creating, uh, and they've created multiple spin-off channels, and um, a number of those channels are cartoons. So now there's channels where Ryan's turned into a cartoon, and you're just sort of seeing the cartoon. So it doesn't really matter how old he gets. They can just keep that cartoon going. They've also got his brother, his two sisters, Emma and Kate, in another channel. And then they've created other sort of cartoon channels like Combo Panda. And they've, they've, they've sort of created like a big uh, studio, like a production studio, you know. So they've really professionalized. Well, like I said, they'll, they'll make a ton of money, but their kids, you know, it, it depends on how their how their kids are sort of um, thinking through this. You know, are they how how do their kids relate to what's going on? You know, do they do they think about the whole world? You know, watching their videos and thinking about because because when it's over and it will be over at some point, then who are they? Right, that's what the kid will wonder. Like, who am I? I used to be this, you know, really important person, and now I'm not at all. And then, what's even make it worse? Now, one other, the one thing that I've seen, and I've seen this firsthand, when kids inherit a bunch of money early, when their kids have access to money, screws them up. It's almost like guaranteed. If if someone's like a trust fund baby and they get like access to like fifty million dollars or whatever it is, or even if it's in dribs and drabs, and they never have to earn anything and, and and work their way through life and you know have successes and failures, they just have a lot of money. That's just like a sure. That's just it. It basically exacerbates all your worst impulses and it keeps you from actually suffering any consequences. And so I don't know, screws people up. It's like a sure way. You want to screw people up? Just give give your kid a bunch of money. You know, funny that you said this. I was thinking about the fact that Jack, Jack's childhood is he's having a he's having a great childhood. Okay. It's so different to to how I grew up. He has none of the sort of set the, the same level of like insecurities or you know sensitivities or the, the things that like really stressed me out. You know, bullying type stuff. And um, what I was wondering is, is it is that hardship as a child like? Is there now a chance that he's going to grow up, you know, because he missed out on some like some of those formative things? Is he just going to grow up? Well, that's of- you know, I mean, he's still five. So it's I know, like, I know, but, but I like, know. here's the thing: is a problem when they get kids get later in life, and the parents solve all the problems for them, and the parents put them in this such a um, a a consequence free environment that the kid doesn't learn. 
um, the hard lessons early. It's like it's like you want your kid when you take them to the park, you want them to fall down and hurt themselves. You know right. why? Because it's not going to hurt themselves that bad. But you learn, hey, look, if you if you're not like where you're going, you're running, you're going to fall down and skin your knee. Mm-hmm. Pay attention next time because I'd rather you do it now than when you're on your bike going 30 miles an hour or in your car going 70 miles an hour. Look, well, you know, so so you learn all these hard lessons. But at a, at a, at when, when the when the price isn't so high. You know, and, and, the, and the same kind of, not, and I don't just mean like in the physical world of like injuring yourself, but I mean dealing with people and things like that. Like a lot of who we are is a consequence of the lessons, the hard lessons that we learned growing up. And that's how we learn empathy for other people. Cause like, yeah, you know, I went through that and that sucked. Yeah. You know, if you never went through it, you're like, what's the problem? What's the big deal? Why are they complain about that? Yeah, that's, no, that's, yeah, that's yeah, you become real, you become real assholes because you just you're that's, little, that's, that's I, why, like like they always complain like these rich kids, these like they're well, little shits because they never really had to suffer any consequences. But what about just because there's this whole new generation of like you know conscious parenting, and um, it, the the you're, I don't have the the words to express what I'm just trying trying to say. It you just. It's not money that you're being necessarily spoiled with. And it's not like that you're being spoiled. It's just you're being given such a safe and secure environment. You're, you're being given a very safe and secure environment. I wonder, will the impacts of that, of this sort of new generation of parents result in, I mean, maybe we've already seen it in some of millennials. Maybe millennials are just so chilled and laid back. You know, they're not like, go, 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 let's get it, let's get it. You know, it's yeah. just like- Everything came, okay, so, so if everything <laughs> comes to you really easily, <laughs> You know, so okay, I'll, I'll tell you a little, little story. Yeah. Okay. okay so, um, you know, Colby is now in tenth grade, and one, one of the things is we we're just talking about when they start. He started young. He is like one of the youngest kids in his grade. He's eight to ten months younger than most of the kids, close to a year younger than some of them. And he, you know, when I was his age, because we have almost the same birthday within a week apart, I was in ninth grade, not tenth grade. And so not only is he in 10th grade, but he hasn't really hit his growth spurt. He's still like 5'3", mm. you know, f- something like that. And, um, you know, he'll probably end up being 5'10", 5'11", but right now he's not. And he's playing football and baseball. He's playing tackle football in high school. Okay. So he went out. We didn't, we didn't let him play ninth grade football. We, played, we had him play with his age group. Because he was just like, he's 5'1". You know, it's like, this is ridiculous, right? I mean, even the kids who are small, they're still 5'7", or 6", or 5", you know, and they're still, they're still, they don't yeah. look like, like Colby looks like he's in seventh grade or something, you know, almost. And so then the preseason started, and he's really, he's going to all the summer practices and stuff, and then he's the starting quarterback. I was like, wow. And I'm just like, really? You're, he's like, yeah, but I'm like, so you're the, every day you're the starting quarterback. He's like, yeah, I'm the quarterback. And, you know, and he's, and I think part of it was because he had developed, because he, he had really, he has a very high football IQ because he would watch lots of football videos, play Madden. You know, he's a smart kid and he cares about it. So he learns everything about every kind of offense and defense, and all of this elaborate stuff. And of course, he'd been playing tackle football as a little kid. So he learned a lot about the game. Because a lot of these kids hadn't really played tackle football because mom and dad thought it was a little too dangerous, which, you know, they have a point. They, they either didn't play or played flag. Okay. So the whole summer, and I kept telling him, I said, look, the thing about football, playing quarterback, is it's precarious. Even in the pros, the first you can lose your job in one game. You know, between a $20 million of your contract, you, you play a few bad games, you know, your career's in the toilet. 
much less JV high school. Or so, he's in the freshman <laughs> sophomore football team, right? Okay, so but I was really excited for him, and I said, "Look, no matter what happens, I want you to really enjoy just the practices because you're running the plays. You're the one throwing the ball. I mean, it's fun, right? Yeah. Five you're months and months of playing quarterback. Okay, so we go to his first game. You know, it's just the big stadium and everyone, and we're really excited. I'm like, oh, this is so he gets out there and quarterback, and it's a disaster. Is an absolute disaster. I mean, I mean, you know the the snaps aren't being dealt with. They're fumbled handoffs, you know. And then he's getting switched out with this other, the second string quarterback. And I'm just watching, going, "Oh my god, it's complete mess." Because the first thing I look at it, I'm watching it, and he's and he's like, um, "Call the play," but he's like, "Point guy, hey, pointing out blitzes and tell," because he knows so much about the game, and he's telling, he's po he's pointing to his receivers, telling him to move out, like he's trying to control the whole thing. Like he's like he's Tom Brady or something, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're like a 15, 14 years old. You've never played football quarterback before in a game. Like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh shit, he's overthinking. He's trying to do too much. He's trying to control everything. He's never even taken a snap in a game before, hand off a game. But he's trying to control the receiver needs to be too far yards out. Hey, watch this blitz coming here. Adjust here. And what happens when you try and do too much? Well, that is you, just spread too thin and a little you screw up the yeah. little stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't all his fault. There was problems with the snaps and there was problems with the quarterbacks, but he certainly was part of the problem. And it was horrifying to watch. I was just, it was, I was it was watching the dream just fall up through his fingertips. And I'm sitting there with Sandy. We're both just like, it was, just, it was anguish because I was so excited for him because he was yeah. so into football. And he was so, and though, and um, he never really got it back. After that game, he oh. never really got another chance after that. Mm. It was just horrible. And but how how deep are we into the season now? We had last game last week. So he yeah. and I told I told um I told Sandy, I said, you know, but the thing was he had a really he's about a positive attitude as bad as you could be. He was like he was like, I'm gonna get it back. You know, he's like, I can throw but he and he was right. Like the other kid, the other kid was an exceptional athlete, really, really quick. But he was throwing interceptions. He just couldn't, th didn't throw with near the same kind of accuracy um, as Colby. And you know, so Colby was a better, like, say, quarterback could throw, but Colby was not as quick, but as fast as this other kid. But the problem is, um, Colby lost his coach's confidence in the first game. Yeah, and he never really I was gonna got it him. back. And I said, you know, there's a couple hard lessons here. Is sometimes in life, you get one shot. You know, a lot of times you get numerous shots, but it's like you have to make it happen. And it's a crappy lesson to learn. If that's, when you're 14, if that's what you want. You have to make it happen right now, you know? And it's, but there's nothing we could do as parents' parents. There's nothing we could do. I couldn't go down there and tell the coach, you should let Colby. I, I, that can't happen. You can't do that. Mm. And so, um, you know, he was still playing quarterback in, in, um, practice and he played he played in one game you know but he didn't really earn back the coaches even even though there are a lot of times you're watching this other guy throw interception after interception you're just like really but mm. it doesn't matter what i think yeah you know it's like but i told sam i said you know here's the thing about this i mean the reality is that you know this won't be his last chance in his life to play football next yeah. year yeah but this season you know, you a, a, a coach should have given him a couple more chances. 
But that's that's weird. What, and you you couldn't say to the coach, hey, just give it, just not, try them out a couple not, more times. Not at a high school level, you can't you can't get in there. They're not gonna they're they're not they don't care. Here's the thing: reason people are in the people who play sports and football are very competitive, and that someone who's going to coach a football team is highly competitive. And they may say, well, you know, this is just a freshman sophomore team. We're going to develop players. Blah blah blah. Once the game starts, you know what they care about? Winning. Who wins? They care about the score. Their ego gets in, and that's what they care about. Even though you should say, hey, look, it doesn't mean a damn who wins. So this maybe for point. him, it stung quite a lot that first game because he'd made the, that choice to put Colby right there. And it stung a lot. And, and so he's not giving him a chance because he's still sort of stung. Yeah, he just lost. You know, I, and you know, obviously, I don't know what was going on in his head. But I kept telling Sandy, I was like, or when I told her, I said, you know, here's the reality, though, is that he has to learn to come back from this. He has to learn that when you fail and you fail hard, it's still not the end, that you have to still come back and keep <laughs> fighting for stuff. Wait, so in the same sentence, you sort of said, Colby, you've just got one shot. Well, uh, but, but you have to learn to come back. <laughs> well, well, no, I mean, like, not that one shot, like, forever, but it's like, this shot really matters. Yeah, it's like, like this, this is, it matters this what you do yeah, right now. One. And there yeah. are a lot of times in life where it really, really matters what you do. Yeah. At, you know, the job interview with this, like, what do you do right now? And if you don't make it happen right now, it's going to be paying a lot harder to get another shot. Is really what I is really kind of what I meant. You, you will get another shot, but it's not gonna. It may not be for a while. Yeah. And it's gonna be a ton of work to get that, to get that chance again. And you have to wait for somebody else to leave a position or get injured or whatever the situation is where you get another shot. But um, if you kept him back a year, and it was the exact same game day, would he do better? Oh, if he was like in the ninth grade, ninth grader. Yeah. So with this year. I don't know if I, I, I don't know if any of that has anything. I, I think I don't really know what happened. I just like I said, I think he was trying to do too much. Okay. He was overthinking things. And um you know, but but these are the kind of things you have to fail at. Like you got it because you have he had it's good for him to learn because I had I had situations like that. And and it's like and that's why I knew I was so in so much pain for him because I was like, oh God. I know exactly what he's going through. <laughs> and that's the thing. And that's the thing I said. I was proud of him for wanting to be the quarterback. A lot of kids are like, I don't want that kind of pressure. Right? Yeah. Everything is on you. You're the leader. You're the ones. And so if you, you can be the hero or you can be the fall guy. You can, you know, scapegoat. You know, they, any pro team or college team, people, he doesn't do it. Oh, it's the quarterback's fault. They got to get him. You know, it's, it's the coach and the quarterback's fault usually. And um, it's a lot of pressure. And it was funny. I, and I was sitting at the game. We were at the last game of the year on Wednesday. And I'm sitting here in the stands. Sandy had to leave a little early and I'm, uh, to pick up to Izzy to something. So I'm sitting here watching the game. And this, this, um, and there was a, there's a couple people sitting over. And this, this dad came and he was late to the game. And he sat down and he turned around to me and he's like, hey, is your, uh, is your son out there? And I said, yeah. I said, yeah, he's, I said, but he's not, uh, not playing and he said really i said and uh i said yeah it's been a bit of a heartbreaker of a year season he's like oh which who is it? who is it? i said colby he's like colby he's like oh i love your kid i always make sure he's like he takes so much on himself he has so much self possession you know he's so self-possessed and he has so much pride and he's so he's, he's such a leader as i always make sure when i go see him i was i always go and I say hi to him because he's such a i was like that's great. <laughs> that, that was really nice thing to hear. Yeah. Because I meanwhile, I'm just I'm just sitting here. I'm sitting there watching Colby, and I was like, and he's turning around looking at me, 
kind of yeah he's like, disappointed yeah he's, he's humiliated yeah. he's disappointed he's frustrated he's sad he's angry and I, it's nothing i can do about it it's just watch him and i just kept saying you know i could say is like next year i said you will grow yeah you're five foot nothing i said wait <laughs> till you're five ten yeah wait till you get bigger and stronger everything will change and funny i i just emailed a friend of mine to colby and when colby back when colby played soccer when he was like six seven years old yeah and he was on this club proto club team and there's this other kid monty and they were like the two kids at the um I remember monty. Yeah, yeah yeah and the, and the coach like we're gonna build this team around colby and monty and i was like oh cool they told colby lost interest and didn't want to play soccer anymore broke my heart <laughs> so I, was, I love soccer anyway so um but anyway I, I email i was exchanging email and he said yeah um and we started talking about colby and monty just asking i, I said how and he's yeah he grew he said he said, yeah, you know, he was the smallest kid on the team, was losing interest. He was on, the, you know, these sort of really competitive club teams and everything. But he's 5'1". He just grew eight inches last year. And now, suddenly, he's one of the best kids. It's amazing what eight inches will do. <laughs> eight inches. Oh, my God. And, and just one, one year. year. Yeah, that's crazy. And I said, I, 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 um, I said that to Colby. I said, but Colby is kind of losing. Because Cena and I said it all the time, just keep working. You will grow. Just keep working. I mean, Colby, Sandy's 5'5". Five, five, I'm 5'10 five, and a half. Like, you're going to be at least 5'10", yeah. right? You know, um, you're, you're not going to be 6'4", but you're certainly not going to be 5'6". Like, just <laughs> yeah, hold on. But he's sort of, like, tired of hearing it. He's just like, yeah, you know, but you guys are both late bloomers. And um, you know, I was like, you know, he, he's feeling he's just going to run out of time. Like, he's going to grow too late. Yeah. But anyway, the point, the whole point of bringing <laughs> this up is that... Some people are just finding their path and they're turning 50, you know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but it, it's, um, you, you, you go through these, you're, you have to allow kids to, to, lear, to learn the hard lessons and to suffer. And there are certain things you just, once they get past a certain age, you just cannot control their whole environment, even as much as you want to. I mean, mm. you can try and put them in special little schools which have a small number of kids and everybody's really overly conscious of everything. But at some point, they they go out to the world world and they and they're gonna run into a brick wall and it's, and all you can just look, watch and go and help dust them off and get them back out there but it, it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt it doesn't mean it's not frustrating and whatever well i wish him the best for sure well he'll yeah, like i said but yeah, it, but it's, you know i i was talking to my about phil about this who we haven't had on the show in a long time we should get yeah. him back on um i said you know the thing about i've noticed is that the one thing is that when you have sort of dreams unfulfilled as kids, you spend the rest of your life tr chasing those dreams. So it's like, if you're like the kid who, 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 who you, no one ever thought you were like cool or popular, and then you're like, you always thought you should have been like the whole rest of your life, you tried to be that, you know, it's like, or like you were always like the kid who was out of shape and then they like always trying to be in shape or whatever. And I said, you know, they end up getting a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Now, if it's not, if someone has too big of a chip on their shoulder, they can be it can be a problem. But sometimes it has something like you just are constantly pushing yourself because you want you never got the respect, you never got the um, that success that you wanted. Mm -hmm. Whereas the kids who everything kind of came to them, like everything fell in place. They were the all star. They were the captain. And then it's like they're like, yeah, eh, yeah, I'm good enough. I'm good. You know, they stop playing sports really any seriously after the well, age of high school. Well, that's the classic trope, isn't it? Like eh. they they just end up just being like you know like running a laundry or something yeah they just yeah just they had you know where the kids who felt like there's something driving them they didn't get they didn't get that level of respect you know there was there's a famous story about michael jordan how he was cut from his jv basketball team you know and then he just worked and worked and worked and that was the start of him becoming 
Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. And he he still when he was his Hall of Fame, it wasn't even his, I think it was I don't know if it was his Hall of Fame inductance speech or whatever. He was still holding grudges. He was still <laughs> it's incredible. Like the guy's been like the most lauded athlete of all time, the greatest. Like everyone like Michael, be like Mike, right? You know, Superman. I mean, he was like and he's up there still pissed. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what drove him. And so I told Santa, I said, you know, this sucks, this hurts him right good. now. But I'm telling you, this these kind of this kind of scar tissue, these kind of wounds, they never completely heal and it'll drive him. <laughs> they will drive him later. So in some sense, you're like, oh, I wish he was just like, he was the starting quarterback and was super successful and became the all-star and da, da, da. It's like, yeah, it all comes too easy. It all came too easy. Um, all right. That's, uh, anyway, not yeah. on that kid stuff. But. So do you want, so I'm, I am really interested to hear about Math Academy. Um, yeah. So we could talk about that or uh, we could talk about um, Speak. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Speak. I want to hear the, oh, sure. the latest. Oh, um, sure. So, well, the last time um, we just, I just sort of presented it to the show, you know, talked about what it was. And um, since then, um, not too long after that, I pushed it to a beta list. What do you say? Do you say beta list or beta list? I say beta list. Beta list, yeah. You so, can call it whatever you want. I know what you're talking so do you, about. You know what beta list is. So basically, and I spent 129 bucks uh, to get it, you know, on to beta list, you know, because otherwise it's like a three month wait. And I redid the home. Wait, wait, wait. What is beta list? I don't so, know. So beta, beta list is, is like um, it's beta list.com. and it's like um, sort of like Hacker News, but it's just for people who show are doing, HN kind of thing. Showing, Here's my latest showing thing. New pro, new 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 projects. So, um, in fact, it's it's like Product Hunt. That's what it's like. Okay. It's like Product Hunt, but before the products exist. Okay. Yeah, and it's it gets quite a lot of traffic. There's a lot of people who are really interested in that beta stage. You know. Um, people who are just really interested in hearing about new stuff that people are working on and signing up for on the, to get on the wait list. Well, so we're, here's a real question about that. Is it kind of like TechCrunch used to be? Like you get the TechCrunch bump. We have a bunch of looky-loos come through, look at your stuff, and it's like not very good traffic. At the end of the day, no, very few of those people stay. I think it's exactly like that. Okay. Um, but I think that that can be a sort of a, a part of the product development journey for certain products. And for other products, you know, you can just sort of get right in there and start building stuff for people. But it really depends on the product. Like, is it more of a an unproven aspirational product versus something that's just really solving a you know hardcore pain point? So um beta list is better for more sort of aspirational, unproven stuff yeah, okay. than than it is for like just sort of hardcore, you know, I'll I'll fix your accounting problem stuff. So anyway, so you know, so even you even have to be an interesting product in the first right to actually, even if you pay to get any traffic, because no one's going to click it. You know, you just get mm -hmm. promoted to the front page. It has to be basically interesting on some kind of consumer slash developer level. So anyway, um, I said I set up a on on speak uh, hq.co. I I set up the homepage to really sort of explain it and demo it and show it, but really short, just like you know one and a half minutes. You know, maybe mm -hmm. like one and a half minute demo. And so it just is probably of, the right thing to do, right? Because people yeah. have sure attention spans at first. And I didn't do too much copy on the homepage because I wanted to sort of show that you, it didn't need copy. So if you just land on the homepage, it's like, what's this? Mm. But it's like, doesn't make sense. It only makes sense if you came from the beta list uh, ad. Because yeah. on the beta list, I explained what it was and mm. then they click through and then it's sort of like they're in this video slash demo sure. experience. They click it, then I'm, and then at the bottom, the, it scrolls a page. And it moves over a form. It says, "If you're interested, just sign up to this. Sign up to the beta list and give me your, 
your purpose, what your company does, things like that. So it's, you know, it's a form of about eight different fields. Anyway, um, got 50, 50 signups. Um, and, you know, as soon as the people signed up, I send them a, a link to Slack to come and join the Slack and come and talk to me. And um, the main learning that I got from that experience is that it, I don't think that it's, I don't think that MVP, this MVP is as it, as it, as it was there is ready to go to bring value to people. So I spoke to a lot of people and all the people who are really excited and interested about it were looking for much deeper integrations than just, you know, playing something on a web page. They were looking for something more like um a, like a fully integrated so that so that they could guide someone through uh you know a, a see a see and do approach. So it's like, you know, it says to the you know the 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 audio will say to them something like type, you know, something into this box, give a name of this, of your new product, you know, and, and do this. And, and then it will be completely interactive. Am I making sense? Yeah. Like, so it's like a fully scripted system. Yeah. You know, so. Well, so here's, here's the thing in general. It's like people are usually interested in solutions as opposed to tools. Right. And so it's, if you tap in like, what is the problem or what is the true problem we're solving? It's not that I need someone talking. I, I want to be able to talk and explain stuff. I'm trying to convert people or whatever. It's like, Exa yeah. and, and, like what is the problem we're solving? The real problem, not the the piece so, of the problem. So yeah. they wanted they they yeah exactly because the, the the MVP it's cool. It moves around and it turns your page into a sort of video, and you can move a mouse around and you can talk and you can do stuff. But what they wanted to do was they wanted to record clicking on something and then a drop down happened and then they clicked on something else and then something else happened and then it waited for input and you know they 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 asked for input and they were waiting for in, they wanted yeah, to wait for input yeah i could see that sense as opposed to someone just talking about and yeah stuff, so basically yeah. completely and utterly interactive you know so so the same way as when you start a new game like on an xbox the the sort of tutorial section is completely interactive. It's like you're thrown in the middle of it and okay. it says, yeah. So, so along those lines, I was watching someone's time, there was something this multiplayer game, I, I, you know, showed up and I looked at the Hacker News thing. I didn't really look at the games, which I was just looking at what people were saying and everybody was complaining. It's like, dude, you need to explain how to do this and how do I use, yeah. I don't even know what to do and there's no video. It's like, in, and there were and some people were trying to be helpful. Look, here are five games they need to show you. Like, here's how you get started. Here's what you do, and and that's really the, the onboarding process. How it's do I get onboarding. someone from like what is this to actually being functional with this thing as quickly with as little pain as possible? Yeah. So so onboarding right now really consists of videos, and or those little boxes that float around the screen, sort of you know explaining an element. And you're going to try and pull it all together um, and make it more interactive. But basically, yeah, make it like I remember I played Lara Croft, you know, with Tomb Raider when that first came out. Mm -hmm. And it was so cool because you had the, the butler came up to you and says, "Now go go in through the door and pick up that gun and shoot them." And you know, so it's like mm. it's just completely interactive. Um I think that's where speaks. By the way, that's good butler voice. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> if I try to do it, it sounds stupid, but you actually have good voice control. That's actually good. So um, so I think that's where the direction that Speak's going to kind of go. And also, from speaking to people, the ones who are really ready to put down the money now, it sort of needed a full API. Like, they wanted a full programming in you know yeah. ar architecture so that they could program against it and basically do anything. And yeah. so that's what I've been doing. Um, and it's like something that, like, Macromedia or Adobe would have created. That's exactly right. And so, so one of the first things that I want to do, and because of my day job, 
I'm not doing a huge amount of speak right now because I'm so consumed with my day job. But one of the first things I want to do is a blog post that uses speak to speak through the blog post, as I, I think I mentioned this last time. And the first blog post is going to be, don't build an MVP, build a Muppet. And a Muppet? <laughs> because an MVP is like this, you know, a minimum viable product, which is what I built, right? Okay. But actually what I really needed was a Muppet. What's a Muppet? A Muppet is a minimum useful pragmatic product with earning potential. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. And so it's just like, you know, that like the, the 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 cargo cult is just build the smallest thing that works but actually no you kind of need to build the smallest thing that works that has enough utility that it can earn money mm -hmm. you know so really that's that's what that's about yeah well I, you know it's funny i think um 37 signals now called base camp back in the day they said something about it when i was getting real things which is like you can't have a it's like you can't build a half-assed product, but you can build like half a product or as long as it solves something well. Yeah. Like what it does, it should really do well. Yeah. You know, it yeah. may not do everything. And I think I think you're right. Like it, whatever it does, it has to actually solve the problem. And and when the pro and, I, and I, if it's a real problem, then it's something people will pay for. But that's the thing I was I, I was always a little concerned about because I was like ah it's like a technology it's like this cool technology yeah. but I was like what is the real problem and that's always makes me nervous when I see no matter how cool the tech is if it's not solving a problem and there are tons of the the landscape is is uh, the the startup landscape is littered with companies with hundred million dollar plus valuations with super cool tech but it really didn't solve a specific problem it was just kind of yeah, cool demo, and everybody got really excited about it. Well, the the good news is that my day job, um, so I my day job is like slightly transformed, and um, I can't say everything about it, but what I can say is I'm sort of working for, for two companies uh, now, and and one of the companies um, is just sort of I'm sort of building a lot of stuff from scratch for them, and Speak is going to be like an integral part of that product. Okay. Um. So. So it's cool because it's it's a day job job, and it's gonna and they they completely want me to sort of they love the speak technology and they can see how it can totally. Help. How does that affect ownership of speak? Uh, not at all. Okay. Not in the slightest. Okay. Um, so it's so I'm gonna be able to dog food it on a real site and do one version of it. But what I've also realized about speak is it's not just for onboarding. Um, the way that I'm think I'm gonna I, I'm it, it's gonna be like a long term project and it is I think. Um, Adobe is a great way of sort of thinking about it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to build a gallery. So you know how like when you go to D3, like D3.js, D, D mm -hmm. you know, and you and it has a gallery and the, the gallery yeah. sort of shows you all the different possibilities and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. you could use it for that, use it for that, use it for that. That's what I'm going to do with Speak ultimately. Yeah. So it's just going to be like, there's going to be onboarding examples. There's going to be, you know, content examples. There's going to be blog examples. There's going to be instructions, like how to do, like videos. All different crazy well, the thing things. Well, it's going to be like, you know, using a complex product. You could be learning how to program in uh, um, Rails or learning how to configure something or learning how to become, you know, learning how to use Photoshop. Or use whatever. it for documentation. You know, yeah. like there's like there's so many different use cases for yeah. it. So that's really what I'm going to do. And so the, 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 the central theme will be speak and basically it'll be more of a platform play and it's going to be quite slow. It's going to take me at least a year. Um, so what? Sort of, so, okay. At least. So remember, remember you said that uh, that Georgie said if you did if this didn't work, like you promised her you would never do another startup again if this one didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, no, like she's this? she still gets it. I think she I think she does believe in the product, but she does realize that there's. So you have to make this work. So you could, you could say, well, 
I'm still working on it. Like this could just last years. Like you have to make this work. <laughs> you may have to pivot 15 times because you said that if this doesn't work, you'll never be do another startup again. Except that I prob- <laughs> I've probably also started other startups since then. Other other ideas that okay. we can talk about. So that, so that was just a bunch. That was just a load of crap. <laughs> I thought that was highly improbable when yeah. you said that. I was like, yeah, yeah I've heard, I think I've heard stuff like this before. Uh, I could tell you. Do you want to get it? Do you want to do Bath Academy, or do you want to hear one more? No, keep going. I keep think going. this might be. I think this might be cool. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm a little bit fitter than the last time we saw. Maybe I mean not like maybe physically, but, but just not, maybe not thinner. Do you have a glow fit, about you? Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I've been doing more exercise. Are you pregnant? Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good story. <laughs> I've been doing more exercise um, because of the Oculus Quest. Oculus Quest. Yeah. Okay. So this is a this is a, a game where I imagine you do a lot of physical activity. Yeah. So so the, the Oculus Quest and VR is very exciting. This is we are right now with where Oculus Quest is, which is basically a VR headset that's completely standalone. It's wireless. It's got perfect tracking, and um, this really reminds me of right where we were when Netscape came out, like. When Netscape came out, it was so clear to see that, ah, the internet is going to be huge. Okay. You know? Well, with Oculus Quest, once you've used that, even the way, the whole onboarding of it, it's just so clear. Yeah. This is gonna, so this is a video game. This, this this is, we are in the sweet spot. Like, VR okay. is what you should be looking at All right now. All right. So what, what, okay, now I, I, I. Are you good? Spare, okay, excuse my skepticism because VR has been around the corner for like 15 years. That, that it just took like, a long time to get to this place. And um, I've tried it multiple times and it's always made me feel sick and I haven't liked it. The inner ears. Yeah, and it's like just, but, but the Quest gets it. Facebook are going to make a lot of money. Okay, so VR. what is Quest? Facebook, what is so, Quest? so what's the, what is Oculus Quest? Yeah. So basically, you know the Oculus Rift that came out? That guy, Lucky Palmer, basically did that. I think he did like a Kickstarter or whatever mm-hmm. and then gradually book grew. And, and John Carmack, they were bought by Facebook and, and John Carmack joined. And, and yeah, awesome. and now Lucky Palmer's out, but they've been continuing on the tech and the Rift was really good. Maybe not quite as good as the HTC Vive who was also out there. Well, Oculus Quest is basically, um, I think it's got a phone inside the headset. It's completely standalone, but it's good enough that it just feels great. It's good enough and there's no, and it's room scale. So it tracks the room. So you can play in this whole room and um, you can sort of look around and, and run around and do stuff. So it's very physical, especially for the games that are physical. And so um, I remember you one time saying, ah, yeah, virtual reality, it'll never help anyone, you know, exercise or anything like that. Well, you, you were, you, well, you, that I is completely right. like, everyone is, you're telling me everyone's going to be super fit. I, I really, that is, that is coming. That you is, still believe it. Everyone's yeah, going to be super fit. I don't fit. just believe it. Like, I know it. I like really, it's so <laughs> Well, clear, last time I heard that, it was MEC Go is going the distance. <laughs> I know it's really hard to pick between like, what is, is Justin saying something sensible now or is he saying something ridiculous? You, you just get, <laughs> just get a little overexcited about things. Um, I appreciate it, but I mean like, you but, know. Okay, so the there's a few games that are just really good um, for for fitness. Okay. Um, specifically, one called Box VR, and another one called Lightsaber. Okay. And so, but Bo- Box VR has just really obviously been developed for fitness in the first place. So what happens is you're you're like um, in a gym, 
with a nice like pine floor like this. Yeah. Actually, there's three settings. You could be you could be in the middle of a like a really weird planet with you know. Right. But anyway, you're standing there. You've got these two boxing gloves. Like one's pink and one's blue, and it's playing music. And then you like Guitar Hero things are kind of flying towards you. So they're like either a pink thing, like balls, like a ball, pink ball flying towards you or a blue ball. And you have to like punch it. So you can sort of see boxing gloves like this and it's perfect tracking. Like right, it's just right. like, it's just like, wait, my hand just turned into a pink glowing boxing glove. This is weird. Nice, <laughs> it's like, nice. okay. So okay. then you like, you, you punch that. So it sort of flies and it's coming in, in time with the music, but then they'll, some of them will come low, some of them will come high. And then there's these big bars that fly at you and, and you just have to like duck out of the way of the bars, you know, and they could come like diagonally like this or like this. And it's like, oh man, that, oh, it's like you're sweating really quick. Right, right. You know? But it doesn't feel like a workout. It just feels like fun. Right, you know? right. Um, so how often do you do this? Um, well, I've t- I'm trying to do it like maybe two times a week, two, three times a week. How long? For all- uh, I've been a couple of weeks. So No, like no half hour or maybe 15 minutes? How oh, 20 minutes, 20, 20 to 30 minutes. Is I mean, it like supposed to be like a workout or is it just a game that turns out to be a workout? No, I mean, this is supposed to be for fitness. Okay. Beat Saber is, is a game that just turns out to be a workout. Okay. But, but there is um, hacks that you can put onto the Oculus Quest where it just tracks your overall activity and calculates how many calories you're burning in general. Right, right. But I'm sure that even you would enjoy this, you okay. know, like, you know, just because it's fun. You know, oh, it's fun. Good. You know, it's good music. It's fun. Do you do it with anybody? Like, does George no, just, do it with just, you? Just, just you? Uh, no, just, no, she thinks I'm crazy. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you look like an idiot. You look like an idiot. You're just standing in the middle of the room, like moving around, right, ducking, right. jumping up and down. But, oh my God, I got a, I got a table tennis game called um, Racket Fury. Uh-huh. This is, this, it's actually this that made me realize, wow, like it feels exactly like real table tennis. Like so, I swear to God, it's like it's it's does just ex- the does the do you have like a little racket that you hold? No, you just it's just a regular controller. But once you're immersed, it's like it's a racket, like a table tennis racket, and it buzzes when the ball hits it. But the point is, is that the spin is exactly the same. Like the everything is exactly the same. That's cool. It feels so realistic. So you're improving your your ping pong skills. Exactly, ping pong skills getting better. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and fitness skills. Um, but. Well, you're going to get something called Ninja. You, they need, a, they, they need a, a game called Ninja Training. Okay, well, this is, this is my idea. I'm okay. glad you said that. Because this, this is what I think is going to be cool. So with, you know, I do Nugget. So I, I recently did another batch come in. And one of the, one of the guys in Nugget um, has done a lot of 3D stuff. Has uh-huh. done a lot of architectural stuff and worked with a lot of 3D modeling stuff. And he's, I guess, 35 or something like that. Um, well, he was really been looking for ideas, but and I just mentioned this to him, and um, he, I came up, I've, I've like mocked up a whole game concept and um, all the screens, and he's like, man, that looks so cool. I, I want to do that. So we're sort of thinking about doing this like as a partnership, but I'm doing no programming whatsoever. Okay, you know, no, like he's hundred percent doing. Yeah, game he's working through the concept. So, but basically, what, what I. The game itself is um, kind of inspired by you a little bit. Really? Um, Because I was thinking, you know, what... I was... The the fitness games they have right now, they're quite limited because it's just like, you know, it's like Guitar Hero, something coming you from a single direction. So I was thinking, what game mechanic, game concept could things come at you? Same concept, but could come at you from any direction. So I thought, you know, maybe you could be like standing in the middle of a dome, like 
on like some sort of floating mesh, you know, and then those same kind of balls or bricks or whatever, they could like literally come at you from underneath. So you'd have to like bend down, you know, right. or maybe they'd come for you from behind. So you'd have to like jump and flip and turn around, things like that. And then it made me sort of think about, huh, it's sort of like a, like a training, like a, like a superhero like the matrix, like a superhero training simulator. Yeah. And then that made me think of you and project superhero. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, project superhero How, operation, superhero. Op op operation, superhero. That's what I thought. And I thought would it be so cool if this game was just about training you to be a superhero. So basically it was training you the stances, you know, how do you do a superhero drop? You know, like superhero, the superhero landing, yeah, like, <laughs> you land like that right. or the superhero block, you know, yeah. or like things coming from the side or maybe a car flies out, yeah. you know, and you've got to punch the car away. Superhero training. Yeah. yeah that would be a good name, just superhero training. So, so that's it. So I've done, done a bunch of mock-ups and I'll, I'll show you the mock-ups after this. Oh, and um, I mean, they've been busy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not super involved in it. Like that's not like a day-to-day -day thing right now that's just going to be my my work is going to be i guess building a community and um sort of like getting people to know about it but mm -hmm. and sort of coming up with the concepts so this is using like the oculus a sdk or i something? think he will use unity okay well he's he thinks we'll use unity he's okay. the boss and you can build an oculus based yeah 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 thing using okay. yeah but it's it's going to be it's going to be look it's going to be slow. It's, remember when I created that HTML stuff to to work on an app to work on phone to feel like an app? Yeah. And it's just so much polishing all the different interactions. Yeah. This can be like that. Like okay. I'm you know I'm gonna I, first thing I'm like okay build a dome. So he's going to build that dome and then we're going to sort of see what it feels like to stand in it. Right. Right. And so you know maybe I'll say after testing oh man it's there's really these issues these issues so it's going to be a lot of backwards. You and can forwards. beta test it actually yourself. You know, okay. Yeah. Polishing. I mean it sounds like. How hard would it be to build something really simple where you just just some balls come out and you just got to hit them? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think it's it. I think don't think it's ridiculously hard, but I do think that to make it really good is going to require polish. Right, but I mean the 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 SDK. There's enough there with between Unity and Oculus that oh yeah, you can get something going without too much. I work. think you can have it. You can have an MVP, Fair but but to to have like a good proper game experience that gets keeps people coming back. Yeah, I think it's going to be okay. Yeah, but anyway, so that's that's in, well, speaking of fitness. That's in are, the pot. Well, speaking of fitness, are you still doing the super slow training? I do. I don't do super slow, but I work with um, Amwa. Oh, right, the trainer, my, the guy, of. the guy who 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 advises me on my cryptocurrency purchases. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she get like free, free trainings for life after that. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, I see him once a week. Yeah. Okay, is that still helping? Yeah, great, great. That's what good. kind of stuff do you do? Uh, you do body weight kind of stuff. It, like it's just it just sort of depends on like where I'm, you know how I'm feeling or like where if, if I've got aches somewhere or what I'm having problems doing. So it, it's quite, you know, it's different. It's different every time at the moment. Uh, there's a lot of, um, it's quite cardio oriented, but there's also some resistance stuff. Good. Yeah. Good. You just do it in your home. Uh, no, I go down to a gym. So he, there's this like gym on, uh, on Walnut. It's, uh -huh. but it's just for personal trainers. What's so it called? I can't remember the name of it. It's not a regular gym. It's just for personal trainers. Yeah, there's have several of those around. Yeah, the, the, so you can the, only the, go in with a personal trainer. So I go to this uh, gym called Equinox. They have them all over the country. Oh, yeah, I know so, the Equinox. That's in Yeah, Pasea. so a bunch of the traders. So what, here's, here's kind of what happens. That there's some traders who come in, and they just never really get off the ground. They never get enough clients, and they kind of are quit or fired or whatever. Yeah. After three or five months or six months. But what a lot of them will do is they'll stick around for like two, three years, build up a big client base. But 
and then they'll leave and go to a place like what you're talking about, and, the, and some of their clients will go with them, and they have a network of, you know, based on that to get new clients. And then, yeah, because they could, because if they go to um, Equinox, like Equinox takes like, you'll, you'll be charged like $110 an hour, and they'll keep like 30 of it. Equinox yeah. will take the rest. Whereas I think it's kind of reverse or even more at one of these places. Like you pay like, you know, $30 or $20 an hour. That's what it is. Yeah. Just, it is. Right, is that what he pays? About 20 But you, you can pay, I think in this place, you can t- pay $40 an hour and train a group. Okay, or less. Okay, yeah, right. So, so yeah, so, it's a little bit. Little so, bit with one person, I think you pay thirty an hour. But or the, the an benefit, hour, yeah. of course, of being like Equinox is you have like kind of you know what you call deal flow. Like you have customers; they're coming in, they join the gym. Oh, I need a trainer. You know, hey, here's a free. Yeah, you got to do your session. own marketing, get all your own people. That yeah, there, well, yeah, you're on your own. Like, okay, how are you going to find? Like, you got to figure yeah. out a way to get. But anyway, that's 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 good. Are you are you doing any kind of diet stuff? I know you always. I am. I'm sort of uh, like back to the vegan stuff already. Um, you yeah. still like you're just vegan or bust. Like yeah, you've been trying to be vegan for well, years. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, I want to yeah. be vegan. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you tried an Impossible Burger? No. You like it? Man, they are really good. Are they? Yeah. No, there's Beyond Meat and Impossible. Yeah. yeah. Impossible Burger is. I'm for me. De- for me, it's better. It's better yeah. than Beyond Meat. Yeah. What's yeah. the difference? I don't know the Impossible Burger. It's it's actually quite difficult to tell the difference between it and meat, and it you feels you feel good. I feel good eating it because I know that I'm not eating meat, but I'm sure it's not healthy because it doesn't taste healthy. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> it tastes great. It tastes like a really good burger. You can get you can get an Impossible uh, Whopper at uh, Burger King. Check it out sometime. Mm, okay. I, you can't really tell the difference. That's good. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, I kind of wonder what they make it out of. What can they make it out of that tastes so much like meat? You know, I saw, <laughs> let's see. There's there's one. And it, some are trying to manufacture this thing that, uh, based on proteins that are similar to th- that's heme beef. Which one? Heme. Yeah, Impossible Burger. They they've they, heme is like one of the core ingredients of it. Okay. And so they found a way, and heme is something that's in meat, and they found a way of it's creating it through plants. The proteins yeah, through okay. plants, and so it bleeds like a burger weird it it's like it's it cooks like a burger it bleeds like a burger it looks like a burger and it tastes just like a burger okay so <laughs> maybe we'll have to do like an on-air taste test like you did with yeah. the what was it that stuff the soylent oh you remember the, did soylent the soylent taste stuff? test yeah i like that stuff yeah. i still I, you know, I haven't had any since i wonder if i still have that soylent you gave me well i was thinking about those guys doing soylent in silicon valley compared to those guys building impossible burger in silicon valley Man, Impossible Burger is so much bigger. Like because Soylent, they they're really trying to change everything. They're trying to change food. You know, yeah, you can even eat. sort of thinking, oh, you know, Soylent will will be on tap. You know, in some buildings. But Impossible Burger have already signed a deal where they're in every Burger King. You know, yeah. And not only that, they've upped Burger King's profits by ten percent. Really? Yeah, they've made a huge difference to the Burger King's bottom line. So. Wow, they are making bank. so. Make, if mom or dad is more health conscious, they don't want to go and eat like a McDonald's burger or Burger King burger, and they go, oh, but the kids want to go. The kids yeah. don't really care. They want to go, yeah. and the mom or dad are like, all right, all right, all right. After your, you know, baseball game, we'll go to Burger King because I can get a, you know, something healthy there. Yeah, and you guys can have your. I whatever. I just I don't think it's healthy. I just think it. I I would say it's probably this. 
Well, the it, question is... It may be slightly more healthy, but... Well, I mean, the question is, why, what do you define as healthy? I mean, what, well, what, what is unhealthy? I'm just saying, it's, I think it's got the same calorie, the same saturated fat. It's, it's, got, it's, it's got more salt than, than regular just meat. I think... So, so, okay, so salt... Salt, for some people, are salt-sensitive. People who are not. People who yeah. are not sensitive, it's not a big deal. Saturated fat, yeah. Is, is saturated fat, I think... Okay, that's the thing about all this nutrition science. It's so kind of out there, but... Saturated fat can cause. There's evidence that that's what causes um, high cholesterol. Not yeah. eating cholesterol, like eating egg yolk, which is high cholesterol, doesn't cause cholesterol. But eating animal fat, a hot lot of saturated fat, can cause it. But of course, people have different. Every your mileage may vary, right? A big part of the reason why I like to be plant based is because I really don't like factory farming. The concept of it, the things that I've seen about it. And it just makes me feel not good inside, you know, okay. just factory farming. And so there's an ethical so, so reason. There's, there's health the and ethical. And, and I just sort of keep flip-flopping about doing it. But whenever my brain actually remembers factory farming, I'm like, oh my God, I really don't want to be, I don't want to be eating in that food chain. Okay. Um, so that's why the impossible, for me, that's why the impossible whopper is so good because it's like, oh my God, it's delicious. And it's not part of that ecosystem. Right, right. Yeah. So anyway. Have you lost any weight? Uh, I guess I, I guess I lost like five pounds or something. No, it's not not particularly a lot. But you're just but you're you're doing your Oculus Quest, so I'm doing my maybe. Oculus Quest. I'm doing my general general vegan stuff. I'm doing like you know generally lower carb stuff. So I think I'm on a good path. I think okay. I'm on a good track. Well, good. Yeah, good. Because you're how old are you now? Fifty. I'm yeah. fifty. Yeah, you got you got a ton of me to happen, buddy. You're <laughs> <laughs> running out of road. I know, right? This is it. <laughs> so, uh, on the health of fitness stuff, I have some good news. Okay. My elbow is finally better. It was the cortisone shot that fixed it? So... Or no? Okay, so remember, so it's been... It was 18 months I was out. I couldn't... I couldn't so much as take the orange juice out of the refrigerator with my left hand. Oh, my God. That's how much it hurt. I mean, I would get like a three-pound box from Amazon. If it was something that you couldn't hold with one hand, I'd have to ask my kids or Sandy to pick it up. And that's great for someone who's used to being. Yeah, that I mean, it's is ridiculous. I mean, it was that's you know, and so what happened? And just for just to kind of go back, what happened is I was at the working my trainer at the time, and we we're doing this thing where you're we throwing a medicine ball kind of laterally. It wasn't a heavy medicine ball. I mean, you'd see you know sixty year old women working <laughs> with their trainer doing this, right? It wasn't like some crazy exercise. Like, wow, well, you shouldn't have been doing that anyway. I mean, it's like was well, not a big deal. Somehow, uh, the way I caught it just did something to the tendon there on the, my inner elbow and just lit it up. I was like, oh my God, you know, it was just, and uh, so we went through, took a couple months off, finally went and saw the doctor about it. You know, give it, cause you think like, oh, if I just take a month or two and I just don't aggravate it, you know, ice it, didn't make a difference, went in, got a series of cortisone shots, that didn't work, then did a platelet. Plate P platelet PRP platelet rich plasma injection, yep. which is the thing Kobe Bryant famously did years ago when he flew to Germany to get done, had no effect. And then it was like the next thing up after that was um, it was really surgery. Yeah. Oh, surgery. No, so not an injection, but surgery. No, I did. Well, I had three. I had two or three cortisone inj injections. But that didn't solve it. That didn't solve it. Then I had the PRP injection. And each time I took a bunch of time off in between because I was just like, ah, you know, what am I going to do? And then, because you figure, I mean, if I just give it some time, right, just the body will heal itself. But it's just like it was not getting better, right? And so then finally I um, I was really hesitant to do the um, 
surgery for obvious reasons expensive it's painful your arm is in a th- in a thing for yeah last time weeks. i was here you're almost yeah in yeah, a sling and it's, it's kind of it sucks and surgery always sucks and um so then i talked to my buddy mitchell who's a stuntman and has always had um different issues he had to deal with being a stuntman and he's ridiculously fit guy and and i i, I talked to him and he said hey listen man i know this is sound crazy but i i said try acupuncture he's like I initially was highly skeptical, but I did some research on it. There does seem to be some evidence that for things like this can work. I went in and I was, he said he was again, likewise out for like a year with some ankle thing or wrist thing. And, uh, it worked. And so I went to the same guy three days, two or three days a week. I would go to him and get the treatment, went for a month, nothing, no improvement. After a month, I was just like, screw this. You know, I'm driving over to, you know, North Hollywood, you know, to go see this guy. It's burning two hours of my day and, you know, wasting money and time. So then I waited a little longer and finally go to the doctor. And I'm like, all right, let's just do this. You know, let's do the surgery. Do the surgery. And he's like, yeah, you know, and I can't remember what he says. Like, usually six weeks after, you know, whatever it was, or eight weeks after, in the second follow up, people, he said, you know, the patients usually be like, you know, it's amazing, doc. It feels so much better. It's, you know, nope. It actually felt worse after the surgery. Even after the, you know, you go through this period where it hurts a ton for the first couple of days and then it gets, and then, and then eventually it starts getting better and better and better, but it, it never got, it never even got at feeling as good as it did before the surgery. <laughs> and I came in and he's like, well, why don't we, why don't we try rehab? And so then I start doing rehab and I start going in and I'm doing all the exercises and I'm every night I'm doing the you know, the this and the that and the other thing, have the bands and the stretches and the, you know, you rub it with this lotion and then you, I don't know, just all the bullshit they want you to do. And I could just tell them like, this is not doing shit, you know? I mean, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And I've just looked thinking like, I could feel, I, I think after, after a week or two, you're like, if you're like, usually there's some gradient of improvement yeah. after a couple weeks. You're like, you know, actually, sorry. nothing. So I do like six weeks of it. And then I'm just getting annoyed because I'm just burning money and time again. And yeah. it's not getting better. And I'm, so finally I go back into him and, and I say, and I'm just like, he's like, so how's it feel better? I'm like, nope. And he's like, well, I'll tell you this. I've never had anyone who has, I think I always called it epicondylitis or I can't, I can't remember what it's called, but not be, become chronic. And there's, no one has ever not gotten better from this. You would be the first. And I was like, well, I am, I'm making good headway. <laughs> like, I don't know. And he's like, he's like, well, why don't we try a cortisone shot? Sometimes a cortisone shot after surgery will kind of kickstart the healing process. There's just still a little too inflamed. And so we did that. And they usually stay like five to seven days. You start feeling better. Seven days go by and like nothing. And then about like two weeks, I tell Sam, like, you know, starting to feel a little better. In like three weeks, I was like, it's like 95% better. And then I started slowly trying to do a little bit of weightlifting, just take it, you know, nothing crazy, just, (laughs) you know, warm up level weights, and now it's all better. Wow. (sighs) I mean, I was like, I mean, a year and a half, I couldn't lift weights. Aren't you glad you tried all that stuff? (laughs) Yeah, man, but it's just like, it was so frustrating because like none of it was working. It was like all these mystery diagnosis kind of things where you go to all these doctors and Sandy's like, well, I think she'd go to another doctor. And like, so what does it mean for the, for the larger life of Jason? So here's my new strategy. 
I my 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 pattern is I have this cycle I go through where I you know I, I I'm doing something and I get really kind of into it and I get really you know some kind of fitness thing and I always want to ramp it up to level 10 you know I'm not I'm not satisfied with level six or seven I gotta you know I gotta dunk I gotta bench 315 pounds I gotta squat <laughs> you know I mean I get these things it's just you know like crazy yeah you know where most people are like jason that's just not a rational thing to be doing <laughs> yeah but and i you know and i do my research and i get into it, and then i get hurt mm. and then i get hurt again and then i get hurt again and then it's like it compounds and then i'm so injured that i can't do anything and then i get out of shape again and then and then it takes me a while before the injuries and and then I get back and then I start, okay, and I start exercising again and then I get myself excited. It's like, wow, you know, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna really do it. And I go, you know, and we've gone through a couple of cycles of this on the show, right? Yeah. Operation Superhero and Operation Superhero version V2, right? Yeah. And so what I've decided is I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to not go past level, third gear or you know, level seven. Like I don't have to bench, you know, three plates. I don't have to squat some huge amount of weight. Nobody cares. No. Nobody could even tell. Wife doesn't care. You care. You don't care. It's true. No, no one listens to this podcast, Gareth. No, no, you can't really tell the difference in in like physicality if you can bench three plates or one plate, right? You can't, nobody gives a shit. You yeah. know, it, it's 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 such an arbitrary thing. It's like getting a level higher on and quest or something. You're like, oh, I'm a level, I'm a, I'm a super master level seven. I'm like, good for you, dude. You know, <laughs> it's like, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's completely arbitrary. And so I was like, you know, the only thing that I really care about is I want to have, uh, I, I want to drop some weight. I want to get lower body fat percentage. You feel better, you're healthier, you look better, clothes fit better. I could play basketball, soccer much more easily. Everything just is better. Yeah. So one is just drop some fat. I mean, I'm not in need of more muscle. That's not my problem. People don't look at me and go, Jason, you know what you need? You really need to pack on 10 pounds of muscle. That's not my problem. <laughs> they can say, yeah, you know, you could drop 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't hurt, right? Like that's, that's, the, that's the key problem, you know, um, for me. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to do – and I think I started talking about the show last time is I'm just doing the hour workout. I want to be door to door in an hour. I think here at 7.15, I'm at home at 8.15 or whatever it is. Like, you know, not an hour and a half, not two hours. Because, you know, before I'd be gone three hours. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a huge chunk of my day. That's right. And it's, that's, you're losing productivity there. Yeah, some productivity. Time with the family. Time with the family. Yeah, you lose, it's, it's all, this, all this stuff. It's just ridiculous. And, um... So what I'm doing now is I just do like um, I do like three, three or four machine machines, tops. You know, you can put the machines. You can blow through them, right? So what? And then I and I do um, you know, and I'll do thirty minutes of um, intervals on like elliptical. So what's the goal then that that we can hang on to now? Because before it was dunking, or yeah, it was and, the, I, and I God, I miss chasing that because that's such a fun thing to chase after because yeah. actually you can see. But I'm like you know, I think for now I'm just gonna um. So it's I'm just 20 pounds like i think well i, I want to lose more than 20 but i think i need to get down to 185. so the goal is 185 but aren't you going to look like an old sinew, a sinewy old man at 185. 5'10, 185 you're not looking like sinewy okay, i, I think okay. like i said i have enough muscle on me i don't think that's going to be my problem i would okay. have to for me to look sinewy i'd have to be like 140 pounds 
Okay. 145. Then you'll be like the machinist, you know? Yeah, that like would that. be like 130. He probably weighed like 130 pounds. Or okay. You know? No, I mean, the funny thing is, like, would you see like actors on TV who look normal in clothes? If they're like, say, normal height, 5'9, five, 5'10, five, five, they're like 150 pounds, 145 pounds, 153 pounds. Yeah. Tops. Then at 160, well, you get, you get up in the 160s, you start looking a little bulky in clothes. Anthony Bourdain, I remember him saying on, on, on one show, he said, you know, Hollywood actors are just like bobbleheads. Like they just have big heads on these tiny bodies. They do. They're you really know? skinny. They're <laughs> yeah. really, we usually see in life, they're really thin. Yeah. They look normal. They look on normal the TV, on TV. And you, and you do it. Sometimes yeah. I look at so weirdly, there's some, I'm like, Look at how skinny that guy is. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at him and you're just kind of like he's in a suit or something, but that is really I mean, thin. we have a guy in, uh, we have someone who's very famous, actually a couple of very famous people in Jack's class. And uh, yeah, they are His parents, of the, parents of the kids. And they're super skinny. Yeah. 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 And you can't, you look, you, you know, you take someone like me, I'm, I'm like 210 pounds, 5'10". I look, I would look like a linebacker. And I, if I was like on a in a TV, in a shot on a TV compared to the normal the actors, but they're still they still don't look anorexic. I will say that like there's a different because I've known but not anorexic that people like they're not that not that yeah. they're not hundred but but they're thin yeah they're thin. But anyway, I um I I, I was thinking about it. I was like you know because really what I want to do I want to play basketball and soccer, and I want to I want to be able to play reasonably well. I want to feel good. I want to be uh, you know. I want to um, be able to play at the level that I want to be able to play, so I can't be heavy, and and that because that's fun, that's what I enjoy doing, and I want to be healthy. You know, going into my fifties, I want to. You know, I don't want to be like, well, you know, the cholesterol's high because you know your body fat percentage is too high, all that, whatever. And that's that's the key thing. So like going and I've just decided going and lifting a ton of weight is just is just kind of silly. I think in your fifties, you just really. You have to be really careful. I mean, everybody, your mileage are very, very, there's probably some people in their fifties. You're like, Hey, you know, I go deadlift and squat. In fact, I was talking to my, um, one of my college, one of my college roommates, Ken Yee, who's, he's like a senior, uh, he does like all the SEC stuff filings. He's like a, a, an attorney at Google. He's kind of a big shot attorney there. And I, I, we just caught up the other day and I was like, which is funny cause he was such a screw off in college. <laughs> <laughs> he was such a clown, but he's a super smart guy. So it's like, yeah, okay. Anyway, so, um, He's, he does, uh, he, of course, they have the, at Google, they have gyms everywhere. Yeah. Like he's, I'm like, where do you work out? He's like, Google, man. They have everything here. Like, I, I don't <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, but he goes in and he squats and deadlifts and he does all the strength training. Of course, he does it within reason, but he's like, yeah, man, I got a 32 inch waist. He's like, I, you know, you know, and it's strength training really helps. So, but I'm going to do strength training, but I'm going to, I'm going to avoid getting caught in that cycle yeah. of just like, yeah, I'm gonna get really, really strong because that every time you push it, you know, it's like you're risking injury. And I don't, I don't, I never got. I, I don't think anything I've got, I've got injured as frequently and almost as predictably as I have lifting heavy weights. Yeah. If I go, I, I can go on the machine and do a set of ten or twelve, three sets of ten or twelve. I'm fine. You go and you start doing sets of five with three weights, boy. It's just like you're just. It's like it's like Russian roulette, man. It's like you had a one and six shot. So, how how is Catalyst? No, not Cat Catalyst. No, sorry, not Catalyst. <laughs> oh my god, Catalyst is long. That's a <laughs> Catalyst that's is a, that's, long gone. I mean, long Math gone. Academy, long gone. So, why don't I talk a little bit about? Did we talk about the the program itself? I'll just briefly. Yeah. Do we talk? Yeah. So okay, so we now have 
so Colby's original group of five, there are five kids left. They're in the 10th grade. And they are doing, uh, their class is abstract algebra, differential equations, and discrete math, which are things that I took as like a 21-year-old math major. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, the kids are, I think, really enjoying it. Although Colby, Colby being much more pragmatist is not crazy about abstract algebra. He, okay. he, he likes differential equations, which is much more like how modeling yeah. real-world systems. He's like all these letters and weird names, like groups and isomorphisms. And the, he's like, I, you know. Like, is it something that feels like, what? what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's fun. It's like a cool logic. Like, we're going to invent this cool language with all these rules and patterns and structures. And we're going to... And and it's like, okay, to what end? <laughs> yeah. You know, it seems like that. Because now, that stuff does come into play later with things. But it, it is. It's reason it's called abstract algebra because it's extremely abstract. Groups yeah. and fields and rings and, you know, um, you know, it's just, yeah. It's I loved it. That was really neat. It was really cool. Yeah. And um, and if I was if I if I were to be if I had ever become a mathematician, I probably would have been algebraist. So are they are they prepping for something? Uh, yeah. So th what we're gonna do is um, we're gonna have them take the um, math subject GRE subject exam, which is at the end of high school. Which is what mm -hmm. if you were if you were say an undergraduate math major and you wanted to go to a PhD apply to a PhD program, you would take that exam. It covers cool. all of undergraduate math. And the reason we're doing that is, and I've talked about this before, so I won't go into it, is it basically covers the essential topics that you should learn as an, as an undergraduate. So if you're applying somewhere, they're like, okay, is this kid, they they know the, the basics? They know linear algebra? Do they know complex analysis? Do they know this stuff? At least to some degree. It doesn't, that in itself is usually not enough, but if you don't get at least a decent score on it, it's sort of like, eh, that's a red flag. Okay. Right, um, you need still need to get good grades and good letters of recommendation. Recommend letters of rec, or recommendation. But um, for for these guys, we felt like we'd serve two good two purposes that I think would be good. One is it just would focus us on doing something. What are we shooting for? And the GRE exam is something that all the universities have generally agreed. Like this is what we think is a representative knowledge base that they should cover as an undergraduate. Yeah. We could do anything. It's, it's kind of arbitrary. Do we want to do a little more of this or a little bit of that? And every instructor has a little bit something they want to do different. It's like, let's just make sure that we hit these points, right? Let's just do this. Because that way, um, it's consistent, right? It's a lot of stuff, but it's consistent. And it also, it's stuff that has generally been viewed to be useful to know. If it's pre-PhD, does that mean it's master's level? No, this would be the stuff that you would take to apply to a master's PhD program. PhD programs. Oh, so master's PhD. So you do a master's and then you do a PhD. So usually what happens is if you get to a PhD program, you're not paying for it. You know, you may have some teaching responsibilities, but you're not, you're you're given a stipend or whatever. Okay. Um, now some people in a PhD program after a couple of years, they're like, you know what, I'm just the research thing is just not for me, or my dissertation isn't going anywhere. I'm just gonna take my master's and bail out. And they get a bachelor's degree. Other people, okay, that oh. happens a lot, a lot. That happens to a lot of people. But a, lo a lot of people just do masters and then as a separate thing, and then a PhD. Well, okay, some people more. What happens? And I, I mean, you know, the different subjects it might be a little different. But like in the math and physics, computer okay. science yeah. world kind of stuff, stuff I'm more stuff I'm more familiar with. Now, if you just went to a master's program, wasn't it part of a PhD program? You'd be paying. 
I see. Right? Okay. Um, so you could say, well, you know, you didn't get a PhD program, but you can apply and, you know, pay to get a master's degree. You know, and it's just different every university and stuff, but that's generally how it is. But again, some people get master's, they just go to get a master's in computer science hmm. or they get a master's, uh, but some people, they just bail out of the PhD program because, you know, PhD program is generally pretty brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it's long, the research, it's, it takes forever. People get lost in it. Yeah. First, they find, they just decide the grind is just not, not for them, which is totally legitimate, right? Anyway, so the other reason for taking this test, the ARES test, is if, and when our kids go to college and major in math or something like it, and they want to say, skip out of the first two, you know, one, two or three years of math, they need something to help them make the argument that they should be able to take this, you know, upper division course or graduate course. You want to say, hey, I'm going to take this advanced number theory course. And you're like, listen, kid, you're a freshman. You take calculus or honors calculus. Or if you're really, really, really good, we'll skip you out of calculus, take analysis. And you'd be like, actually, I took all those courses and I got a blah, blah, blah on my GRE score, which could have qualified me for, for your PhD program. <laughs> You know, in yeah. which case they might be a little more amenable to you doing yeah. something like that. Yeah. It just, some kids will be really good at argue, arguing, advocating for themselves, or they might have a, whoever they talk to at the university might be really open to it. Other places, they might have a little more difficult time. So anything we can arm them with to make it easy. Yeah. Does that all make sense? Yeah, totally. Plus, and finally, if we have kids doing well in this stuff, because people say, oh, you're doing this it's stuff in proof. high school. Yeah. Proof. It's proof. Like it's proof. Like, like this is why math, math Academy works. This is what... See? I guess yeah, this yeah. stuff. So, um, let's see. So, what else? Uh, well, the bad news is that we're going to lose one of our instructors, Haren, who was the main, yeah. you know, mathematician, uh, the guy that I hired. Because he's moving. Time. So, yeah. So, he moved his... Wife's an orthopedic surgeon, and she accepted like a partnership position at a clinic yeah. down in San Diego, and so they moved down to Carlsbad. So he's been driving like an hour and a half each way. Because you, you mentioned kids. this last show. Yeah, so Sandy and I knew, when he first told me that, he's like, yeah, we're moving to Carlsbad. He's like, but I still want to teach. And he, I'm reading this email to Sandy, we're both looking at each other going, that's not going to last. Yeah. And I kind of said, you know, I'm probably going to email sometime in October <laughs> telling me that it's it's not sustainable. And sure enough, it was like October 6th or something. I was like, yep, right on time. Mm -hmm. So um, he's going to finish out the year. So he's not leaving us in a lurch. So that's good. Um, you know, and he's, he's great. So it's really unfortunate to lose him. But we overhired last year. We hired two mathematicians. Um who are in the process of getting their credentials and everything. So we'll, we'll be fine, okay. you know, but um, we'll have to hire one more person, but um, you know, it's just part of it, man. You know, you just, you lose people every once in a while. What about the software side of things? Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm sort of thinking about the release, the, the paid release. Yeah. Okay. So that is unsurprisingly taking longer than I thought. So <laughs> yeah. the, so you, here's what you want to think about it. You want to think on two parts of it. You want to think in terms of the algorithms and the code and then the content. Now, the... Okay, so really building out the, um, the, the spaced review algorithms and all the kind of stuff with the, you know, the big directed acyclic graph that connects all the topics through prerequisites and stuff is incredibly complex to get that to really work well. And I hired um, uh, Justin 
Skyzek, who is he's TA'd for us and he does the videos for the content. He's really smart kid. I kid he's twenty three. He's a kid to me. He um you know, he uh everything he does, he does well. Mm. It's amazing. He's like the hardest working most confident person I've ever run across. Like he says, he'll do something that's done, always and always done well. Whether it's a video, whether it's you know uh, writing, creating some algorithms, whether it's TAing a course and anything. So he's one of those people, just like Alex, who is the who's the director of the content. He's yeah. like every time I throw something at him, he would excel at it. Yeah, you know. So um, I asked him, and I think we probably talked about this show if he would help me work on the algorithms because I knew I kept it was one of the things I needed at least one other person that yeah that was on the board last time yeah so yeah. we and that turned out to be a really good thing to do because some stuff is just so complicated you just can't think about it by yourself you just need someone else to push you through it yeah. and push you through it because it take many many weeks of prototyping and building and thinking and trying to get stuff work and so we got the algorithms working mm-hmm. and so we have um we have a handful. Well, okay. So we have some kids actually going through self-paced course now. We have one kid who is doing the self-paced calculus, BC calculus course. So she would have been an eighth grader, but she moved in the math academy, but she moved to Michigan. Yeah. And her dad is like, what are we going to do? And I said, well, why don't we have her do this? And she is just crushing it. And it's like cool because you see like here are the new topics and the review topics and it just. So she's been completely driven by the software algorithms and the platform. And she's, she's completely remote yeah and it's yeah. working great yeah now the one thing about her is that she's exceptionally talented okay so i, I sent her an email and I, her and her dad and i said hey could you answer some of these questions like how long does it take you and do you watch the videos and da, da. she doesn't even watch the videos she just reads the tutorial doesn't do the <laughs> practice questions she's like i don't bother with that it takes her 30 <laughs> to 45 minutes to do an entire assignment i'm just like this, this is incredible and she's usually gets 90 to 100 percent on every one of them wow. so you know again the, the more talented you are, the more easier it will be for you, obviously. But um, then I have this other kid who's doing like math, integrated math one, and he's going through it. And he's doing okay. Um, I'm not sure how motivated he is. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah, it's just a complicated situation. I just set it up for his mom asked me, and I said, all right, I'll set him up. And, but the other thing we did is, is on top of everything else, I'm having Justin create an a, a, a physics course for us, AP Physics C, which is a calculus-based physics course, hmm. because he had been. There's a big brouhaha, and I, I don't much. I, I don't know how much I should talk about here, but there's a lot of frustration from the parents, because we had a bunch of the uh, math academy parents whose ninth and tenth graders were in this AP Physics C course at the high school, and. Um, the kids did not feel like they were learning or understanding this stuff and all this, all that kind of thing. And then, um, well, was the AP physics schools nothing to do with math academy? Yeah, uh, no. Okay, so I, we, was... we, I would, but I was the one who kind of convinced everyone. I said the kids are are capable of doing this class, and and then they the district wants to do a physics first thing. So rather than doing like biology is ninth graders, chemistry is tenth graders, physics is junior senior. They reverse it, and I said, okay, well, if they're gonna do physics in ninth grade, they should do AP physics C. Not just regular, not a, not regular physics, not regular AP physics. Because they one. were doing math academy, they you know, felt they, you know felt they were ready. Yeah, well, they know calculus. But then Cal- it turned out that it wasn't like you. You need to augment it, basically. Yeah. Well, the problem. Yeah, the problem was, um, 
Okay, I you, you know, go, okay, I'll just, I, get to, okay, okay. So it. what we what we decided yeah. is because I was just like, what are we gonna do here? You know, and so um, I, I talked with Justin about it. And he had we 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 started doing a TA sessions every um, Saturday morning from eight to twelve. Yeah, it was that's a math academy TA session that we said we'll support the physics as well. So we figured, okay, so we started doing this Saturday morning session. Yeah, we would do a Saturday morning session from 8 to 12. We'd cover math as well as the physics to help the kids, get to help, help the ninth and 10th graders get through this stuff. And I asked Justin, I said, so how's it looking? He's like, yeah, these kids, they don't know what's going on. They really don't even know. It's, it's not a matter of filling in holes and expanding what they know. He's like, they really don't even know the basics. He's like, and so I was like, oh, God. I'm like, what are we going to do? And so we're sort of thinking, he's like, well, maybe if I just create like a Google Doc of problems they can work on through the week. And then I was like, well, that's, a, that's not a bad idea. And I said, what do you think the chances are these kids are going to figure this stuff out on their own? He's like, not good. And I was like, okay. So it's like, well, why? He's like, why don't we put the problems in the system? And so then we kind of evolved. And so now he's creating a course, basically a module of like, six to eight topics every week which includes a tutorial and 25 questions per topic <laughs> every week so and he's he, doing a great job as well by the way yeah he is well alex was like wait wait, wait a minute i have like 28 videos lined up from the i'm like it's justin alex justin <laughs> is a workhorse like he doesn't sleep like trust <laughs> me he teaches at a he teaches full-time at a local a private school a bunch of physics and math courses he tas for us, he does all of our videos, and he's doing this course, and he's working with me. I mean, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. <laughs> yeah, but to, yeah. So, um, so that so the kids are it's, you, the self-paced algorithm is obviously hooked up. They're doing the core, the self-paced course. Um, what it's been actually really good because I need to build in some stuff that sh that explains to them what they need to be doing. Like, okay, make sure you read the tutorial. Make you know, have you read the tutorial? Have you done the practice questions? If they don't do well, and it says, you know, you scored, you know, this, and therefore this is going to be reset for the next one. And something emails parents, and then with an update of how they're doing. So everybody's in the loop because right now parents aren't in the loop. Yeah. So I have to email the parents say, yeah, you know, you're, you know, so and so hasn't, he hasn't even done an assignment. Just FYI, yeah. I'd rather the, I'd rather the system keep parents in the loop. And it can easily. Yeah. This stuff is all yeah. we've done easily. So it's been really good. Sort of, I wouldn't call it beta testing. We're calling it alpha testing. You know, we have the calculus, the one kid in the calculus class, one kid in a math integrated math one class course, and uh, and you know, we have whatever twenty some odd kids 25 kids in the physics course that's cool that it's physics that it's a different it's essentially different so does your same algorithms work on that system oh yeah oh yeah it all works the same so that was really cool watching it work like these kids are doing it and it's not like i have to create assignments for them like it just works and like the way it walks through i'll show you the screenshot i'll show you we'll log in accounts so you can see that's it for cool. yourself it's really really cool seeing seeing how it works um okay so the other thing with you know and i was talking about launching a while back but we are on target i wanted to finish calculus in one month because we had we had had doing work on calculus for years and i was like we need to get this thing done yeah and so from start to finish, I want this 100% aligned with the College Board's AP 
AP Calculus BC outline, da da da. So Alex has done that, and the team has just been working on it nonstop for the past month. And it's going to bleed into next week, but it'll be done next week. And it'll be, that's like 45 modules. Each module has between five and 10 topics. And each topic has a tutorial. A lot of them have videos and like somewhere between 25 and 45 questions with solutions. It's huge. Just can't he's, like, he's like, Alex is saying, <laughs> he's like, this is by far better than anything. There's nothing on the web that comes close to this. Nothing. Yeah. He's like, Khan Academy is a joke compared to this. Yeah. Like, this is the real deal. And we have the same thing for basically everything from Algebra 1 up through Calculus. So we, we're going to go through after that. Not when, when Calculus is done, we're going to go back with Algebra 1, and we're just going to do one final pass on each one of those and get those courses ready. Bang, 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 bang. And so... And then you will release. Well, we'll... Um, yeah, so I'm not going to wait for those to be done. If we get stuff done sooner, that stuff should be all done before the end of the year, for end of the when will you have the Hacker News release? That's what I'm excited about. Because that's yeah. going to be Jason, number one on Hacker News, eh, all day. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, we'll have the, that might happen when we have the uh, linear algebra course, the linear okay. algebra for machine learning, which we have way more linear algebra content than it would even be needed for a course like that. Um, I think that's what will really appeal to that audience. Like, what does that audience care, care about trigonometry? Okay. Or even calculus. So... So what are you thinking? Like next month, a month after that, that New Year? I don't want to make any. I, I, okay. As soon as I can, because it's driving me crazy. <laughs> but okay. um, and then we'll probably go after test prep. You know, like um, you know the uh, SAT, ACT, you know stuff. Because we already have that content, we just have to arrange it and create some courses built for that. So how much runway do you have now? Like for me, paying kind of for financial it? runway? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could fund it for years if I wanted to. Oh, okay. The question is, what am I comfortable doing? Yeah. If we don't start making some money at some point, then of course, you know, it's my risk tolerance will start to wane. Yeah. You know, um, the I'm feeling pretty confident about things right now. As long as we're making really quality progress, re really good measurable progress. You know, now that we got all the algorithms working and we got the courses going and we got the calculus and stuff now it's like okay shit's finally you really together. are you really are building a muppet okay <laughs> 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 all right I'll, I'll, okay. <laughs> um so the the thing is i fired my developer oh civilot civilot huh so that that has been interesting. Tell me. So here's the deal. Um, you know, we talked about it. There were some good things about it in the sense that, like, I he could just the whole arrangement where he, Slack he'd come on and I'd have, I, you know, and I, I I would just say he had some issues on GitHub. He would work through them. I would connect with the morning how are things going, da da da. And, you know, it was kind of like having a, a, a developer as a service or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. I still believe that that is possible under certain conditions um but they were not all, all those conditions were not satisfied in my case and here's here here's kind of the the problem um this is a vastly complicated project and it's still ill-formed in a lot of ways and i can only figure out what i'm building sometimes as i'm building it 
I just yeah. can't draw a bunch of screens and say that's it. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. I'm still not sure what it is. And I have to craft it. And that's just how I work. And it's so painful to to do what you're doing, like, and try and give screens to someone. It's just really, it's like life in slow motion. It sucks. It doesn't, it didn't it work sucks. very well. Yeah. And he, his design skills were a scale of one to 10, about a negative three. But it could also be just the developer, the person. I mean, like maybe there's some someone you could work with who would have the initiative. Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm not saying it's this is a, a, a example why this stuff can't work. I'm saying is yeah. that in my situation, it ended up more working. I mean, if you were having someone fix bugs and do little things, but the problem was you really have to be on top of them. You have to be reviewing their code and all stuff. And I find reviewing other people's code and trying to get people to do what I want to do incredibly painful and really, really boring. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just do it myself. Yeah. And so I just didn't do it. And then I come down and I was like, you know, and then when, it's a bunch of, uh, when someone else is, has thousands and thousands of lines of code, you kind of look at it and like, I guess, I don't know, right? Yeah, like, Because yeah. you can't just look at it for 15 minutes and know what's going on. You have to yeah. spend hours working with it to go, oh, wait, why did you do it this way? And um, I hear a couple of things started happening. One, we just weren't making progress because I could not explain to him how all this stuff should work with the algorithms and the self-paced code. I just couldn't get it all across. You know what? And the reason was, because I didn't know. It took hundreds of hours of Justin and I working together with a whiteboard and prototype for him to figure out how this thing should work. There was no other way to do it. Um, so even if there was like some, you know, world-class programmer who was a native English speaker, who was, you know, I just couldn't like write up in some GitHub issues, do this. Was not possible. So the the second problem was that um, he, you know, again, we did, he didn't speak English. So we did, I mean, he did, he only would text, like we never had any videos or whatever. So it was like, I couldn't really talk to him. Like I talked to Alex or something and really hash things out. And even if I did, that person would have to have a really deep insight into what we're doing to even have that. So the third thing was that he had no design skills at all. And a lot of this has to do with like, well, you got to lay out screens, you got to do stuff. If you have no sense of it, I mean like the worst design sense of all time, that means that I have to just draw screens for him to do. And that's a painful and time consuming. I'm just like, screw it. I don't even know what this should look like. It's just like, I couldn't communicate my ideas. There was no effective way for me to do it. You might be able to do it because you're like, oh, you're, you know, really great at the, wireframing and the mock-ups and you do all this stuff, you might be more comfortable working that. It doesn't work for me. I haven't found a way to do that. Um, the other thing is that he just was not... At the time, I knew he wasn't that strong of a coder. I mean, it wasn't that, yeah, he knows some frameworks and yeah, he, can, he knows Node and he can... You look at the code and you're like, yeah, this looks like really sophisticated stuff. But then when you like really look hard at the code, you're like, mm, you know, and as I'm looking at it now, I'm just like, what the hell is going on? So like one of the problems is, and I'm jumping ahead in time, but I'll just talk a little bit about it, is that there were tons and tons of instances where you'd have like, I, I can't remember the exact term for it, but it's like you have like an N by M query where you would query a bunch of rows and you'd loop through the rows and every and on every loop you'd do another query. 
Yeah, you should never do that. It <laughs> yeah. should be done with a join and just get everything in the first place. This is all over the place. Oh, no, that sucks. Like, and then loop, you might do five queries. And what, what language is he using? Node. That's, that's Node, okay. But it's like, you know, he's using like mod we're using oh, so the, the other oh and the other thing that makes stuff really hard to understand is I allow rather than just writing SQL, I said, all right, you can use Next and Bookshelf. Bookshelf is like their ORM and Next is like a query builder that Bookshelf runs on top of. It's like, you know, as far as like this stuff goes, it's 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 really advanced stuff. But looking at it, you're like, if you're doing really trivial stuff, really simple queries, simple inserts, it's like ah, it looks yeah, you get a model, insert, update the model, query some stuff. But the stuff that we need to do, it's like there are like seven joins and three subselects, and it's really tricky. Yeah. Like you have to prototype this stuff and be in query and go, ah, no, we get join that way. That left you. No, we gotta just easier in SQL. It's just, and but you would look. I'll actually show you. You look at these like screen long query building things. You can't even look and understand what the hell is going on. And then there's no easy way to prototype it unless you you have to go and you spit it out to some kind of debug window and get the query and then go. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's a slop fest. And the thing is that you're using the wrong tool for the job. This is what SQL should be doing. Yeah. And um, also, anyway, so I'm looking at the stuff and I'm and I, I hesitated. But, it, but what sucks about it is it makes a small app like yours that's got 50 kids using it slow. And it shouldn't be slow because there's 50 kids on it. It should be very fast. It should be absolutely instantaneous, yeah. And I've, I've been there. And then exactly the other thing I was, and I was talking to Justin, I said, the thing is that, and you look at the code and it's like, if you really care about a project, you're constantly going back and refactoring and cleaning it up and like, you know, let's, 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 let's pull this stuff in here, put this other file. He never, it didn't seem like he ever did that. It was just like technical debt everywhere. You know, it's just so complex and so confusing. And so much stuff is like, why is this naming conventions different here than they are here? And why is this stuff so, why are these, so these, these functions are like two screens long and have five loops and this, I'm like, this is a nightmare. I can't, there's no documentation. I can't even understand what the hell's going on. <laughs> and then you combine that with these crazy ass query building things that aren't even like a, a normal SQL statement. And like I did one last night where I, I rewrote, I wrote my own little really mini wrapper around like the MySQL thing um, so that, you know, it's, it's not too, it's not too far off. It reminds me of the thing you wrote, easy SQL, SQL yeah, for yeah. PHP. It's kind of like that. Yeah. You know, it's just for SQL query, you bind some parameters and then you get the results. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. And that's all you need to do. And, um, and like you look at his, the thing he wrote was this thing it would, you'd have to be a genius to look at that query building and understand what's going on. You look at mine, it's like, you know, 11 lines of SQL, perfectly lined up format. It's like, and not to mention that his had the end by end problem, end by end query thing. So, okay. So I would look at the code and I had the sense like this is not. Was it, is, is it also good from a, from a burn rate point of view? Like, do you, sure. I mean, you it saving? saves me thirty two hundred a month. I, he cost me eight hundred dollars okay. a week. Right, right. So it's twenty bucks an hour, eight hundred bucks. And so, it, yeah, that that makes me feel better. It's something, yeah. Um, but the other thing is, like, there was no way that I could see that I could go from what we were doing to creating a production quality system. 
We were never going to cross that. Yeah. All he was doing was creating bugs, fixing bugs and creating more bugs and fixing more bugs and creating more bugs. And then I put a bunch of issues and he'd fix all that shit. And I was like, the reason we're not making progress is because he doesn't write good code. He does, and it doesn't mean that he doesn't know complex because you go in there and he does all the map reduce and he does, he's doing all the clever tricks of async and await. And you go, but then you look at the code and you're like, this is a shit show. This is an absolute <laughs> shit show. You know? And you're There's like, no way to uh, like find him online from what you, from the information we've given, is there? Oh yeah, you could. Okay, but I'm not. But, but you know, there's, <laughs> but no one's going to. Okay, nobody, fine. nobody cares. There's an infinite number of guys like him on Upwork. You know, okay, there yeah. is infinite. And now, so we, I was in this situation for about the past year where I'm like, yeah, you know, it's good to have him around because I can have him do fix crap that I don't want to fix. You know. But then I started getting the sense that all, I'm, all he's doing is fixing his own crap that he's breaking. Like occasionally he would build something new that would work, <laughs> but then he'd like, he'd get something working and then it would be like bugs that he'd have to fix on it for weeks because you, he didn't get away you, you have a very, you're very good at like having this sort of very slow boil like annoyance over <laughs> like over just a long period of time building you to breaking point where you're oh, like, okay, that's it. We're, now you and me, we're done professionally. I just couldn't. <laughs> You know, well, okay, so I'm going through this process where I'm getting stressed because part of the reason my stress is building is because, like, if you're making really regular process and you can see how you're going to get from from A to Z, and you're like, oh, we can get there. But if you're, like, stuck at H and you can't make it past H, you're just like, then your stress level, your cortisol level goes through the roof. Yeah. And you're like, why are we in? And as all those things that I said, like, I couldn't communicate my ideas. I wasn't sure how, how we're going to do this, these algorithms, even how they would work. I had no, I had, didn't have answers to them in my head. I couldn't communicate them. I couldn't communicate designs. It was just bugs. I was just like, fuck it. Like, I got to like, <laughs> this is it. I got to bring the, I got to, I got to take this thing over. So, another way. So has the progress now amped up like oh. exponentially? <laughs> okay. Well, here's the other thing. On, on top of all that, Top of all the, you know, and, and, then, and then, of course, just the bugs. Kids can't finish their assignments. And I told them, like, at least seven to ten times over a period of about three months, this cannot happen. There can never be a bug that keeps all the kids uh, from doing their goddamn assignment. I'm just imagining you slacking that in all caps. I didn't say that, but I never did this. I'm always friendly, and I'm like, hey, listen, it's very important. Okay, so he doesn't know how, like... I was like... Because then then I get emails from all the instructors, parents, I can't, I can't finish my assignment, and it ruins my day, and then, I'm and then of course, he doesn't come on all night, and it just screws but everything But you and up. him are working at two different contextual levels. Like, he, he just thinks you're being friendly, but you are mad as hell. You're like, this I'm can't happen. But you're like, you're, you're saying... Listen, See, there's I've got really, a bug in. Look, really, it's important. You, this can't happen. We have to make this fix. You know, I don't use exclamation no points or all caps, yeah. and I don't because it's not productive. And the reality is, and I've talked to some friends about this. Like, you only have someone. Uh, you have an employee who's not working out, and you say, "Well, we're going to put them a per, uh, a performance improvement plan." Mm. Pip that never works. It never works. Everyone I've talked to, people never get better. If somebody sucks, they suck. That's it. You just end it. <laughs> Just you're just all you're doing is dragging it out, <laughs> and I just was like, he's written so much code and he converted everything over to these query builders, all this bullshit that I, I can look at. I, I I don't know what the hell's going on, and I was just like, and the idea of going and deconstructing all that or trying to fix those bugs when he he's not he's gone and all stuff goes on, I have to somehow fix all so this. So you you rebuilding each 
part from scratch? Well, no, 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 no. Okay. So you're jumping ahead. So I'm not going to jump ahead. I'm going to tell you the answer. So, so that was a situation. That's why I didn't want to fire him. I just say fire him in the contract. He's on a contract, right? He's not yeah. an employee. So then I go, but I'm really hasn't like, I want to fire him, this and that. But then I noticed that I was trying to make progress, but then I was like, I was stressed because I was like, our code was conflicting and I wasn't sure what he was doing. And I was just like, and then I was like, I was having stress trying to keep him busy. Like, what do I give him to do? I got to, oh shit. Like, okay, so like, here's my day goes by, right? Like, oh, and I'm working, I'm working, oh crap. Like it's 6.30, 7 o'clock. I've been working with Justin for hours. Okay, I'm going to go to run to the gym, have dinner. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Oh crap, it's 10 o'clock, 10.30. Sivalot comes on at 11.30. He doesn't have any GitHub issues. So now I just spend the next two hours sitting in bed on my laptop writing up issues. But knowing that I can't, really design anything because he's not going to be able to do the design. I can't just describe something because he can't design it. He wouldn't come up with it. If I said, hey, Justin, could you build something that's like a login screen? Like, yeah, 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 I got it. Like, that would be <laughs> absolutely impossible to do that. <laughs> and or, or I'm going to sit around and draw a bunch of screens and markups. Like, I'm not going to do all that crap. And so I'm like, so basically I just writing like, hey, can you fix this little bug? Can you fix this little bug? Things that I could have him do. And it was just like, it was just stupid. And then, okay, what really... I, I really what started the maybe was the straw that broke the camel's back is I just looked him up about Upwork and it showed that he was a manager for 30 developers. Exactly. So I'm like, okay. Wow. So this guy, so now when I, because I, I, and I prayed to Justin, I go, does this seem weird that the, the coding, the naming conventions for the files changed from camel case to underscores or does oh my god why did they do so that? it wasn't him he it's was the collective known as sivalad that's why he never wanted to talk do video that's why me. you that's why he didn't want to do video that's with why me. you don't care about revealing his I didn't give a yeah, there is no sivalad there is no Civilod. he's a fiction he's a collective oh my god and the dumbest kind of collective there is like so that's... i'm like you know what uh, so and, Holy shit. You know, and the, and the reality is, you know, even, look, here's the thing. If, even if he had lied to me, which he did. He did. He did. He clearly, well, I asked a couple of friends of mine. I said, hey, would you, I was talking to my buddy Isaac. Like, would you go on Upwork and see? And he saw that he was, he's like, dude, of course it's not him. I'm like, I said, it's either one of two things. Either one, he does this, but on the side, he kind of manages these guys. So he's, even though I'm paying him full time, I pay him 40 hours a week, he's actually spending some of that time managing those guys, but he's still coding this himself. And he's like, just, I mean, Isaac looked at me over at lunch. He's like, dude, that's not happening. He's, <laughs> oh he's like, God. don't kidding yourself. He's not doing the work. Oh my God. That's why he never wanted to talk to you in person so that you didn't have to like, because when I tried to do a video call, he's like, I don't want to do video call. I don't, just a personal preference. And I was so like, you said, think, it's a lie of omission. Yeah, he just manipulated the situation, you know, so that I, he's probably doing that from the start. I mean, it is conceivable that the first time that we, that we were getting this going, that he was like, well, I'm, um, you know, maybe he was just working with me individually and just we wasn't confident as English and then this thing evolved on the side. Or it is possible that, well, it was a handful of developers and he it's a story of, of human betrayal. It's, <laughs> it's, well, it's absolutely horrific. Here's the reality, though. Even if he hadn't lied to me, 
or misled me or whatever. If the code was great, if like it was a positive word, I'd be like, you know what, I don't really care. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Was, You're yeah. lying to me. I that's a red flag. Anytime some lies to you, you probably should because that's just the, that there are even probably more issues. But if it was great code and stuff didn't crash and all you know, everything was moving forward, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. We can play this little game, but you know. But it the the, the reality was that we weren't moving forward. We weren't making progress. And I was stressed out and I was tired of burn. I felt like I was burning too much money. And I was like, I need to start cutting things, cutting the burn debt rate down. And, and, and it, was, it was right. Like all of a sudden when I ended the contract with him and I took over, now we're making progress. Really fast progress. Exponential. Exponential. Yeah, just, well, it was just, it was just like, not even exponential. It was just like, wasn't even there. There was no progress. Oh it was just like a steady state of bug fixing, of bu- fixing the bugs and creating more bugs and fixing those bugs and just little bullshit. So, um, now what I'm doing is I'm I'm I have to be careful about ripping out too much code all at once because we have to make progress. So stuff that's working I try to leave as is for now and refactor it slowly. Although there's some stuff that I'm having to pull out and it's again like that whole pulling a a a, a thread on a sweater and it's just it's like it's nasty. It's one thing I'm in the middle of today and I was just like ugh, like there's going to be some ramifications for this. So I'm going to have to, but yeah, I had at some point I had to pull this crap out. Cause it's like a, it's just thousands and thousands of lines of code that doesn't do anything, but it complicates everything. And it's just a, it's just a mess. And so, <clears throat> but you know, here's, here's the reality though, is for a pro to make progress on a project to build something, you have to intellectually own it. Like you have to be able to see how everything works, understand how things work. If you're afraid of the code, it'd be, you know, because you don't understand most of it, you're not gonna make any progress. And the only way that you're really going to intellectually own it, if you didn't write it, is go and sort of rewrite a lot of it and clean Refactor, a lot of it yeah. up. Refactor it and rewrite it. You may not write a lot, rewrite every line of code or even every uh, class, but you go through and you kind of pull stuff out. Okay, let's pull all this stuff in this folder. Let's get rid of this. Let's clean this. And then you're like, okay, okay, okay. Now I see what the hell's going on. But like, we didn't have any logging. The logging he put in, there was no logging. So when there's an error, there's no way to tell what actually went, what was going on. <laughs> no logging. Yeah. Like, what the hell is that? You know, I was like, it was like, it was all configured wrong and nothing was working. There were no logs. And I was just like, what a, you know. Listen, um, I, I'm, we've, we've been doing, uh, it's two and a half hours on the Holy clock. smoke, really? Um, yeah. And jo- George has just texted saying. Get your ass yep. home now. I, I've got so much I want to talk about. Yeah, well, we'll do but, it. We'll do another show soon. I do too. I, I, I didn't get to talk about most of the things I was thinking about. Yeah. But it's good. But anyway, you know the story. You know the story. The whole, the, the axing of Sivalod. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's a real... When you when you said, you know, and then I looked at his profile and he's he manages thirty he's thirty developers. I'm just like, oh my god, that is like mic drop, drop the mic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> walk yeah. out of here like that. But you know, it's funny. I never even addressed that. I never. I didn't get mad at him. I just well, there, you know, I just said, look, I said the reality is I'm running out of money and I need to I need to cut some costs and I'm gonna have to just code them myself, which is true as well. And I said, you know what? I'm just not going to, I'm not going to get into it, you know? Wow. So I just, you know, ended the contract and, you know, shut off his access to everything and changed all the passwords and, you know, he, he has, he's manages three developers. What does he care? 
Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. this is like one of one numerous contracts. He doesn't give it. One I mean, of many. He, the collective, doesn't care. <laughs> 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 That's why every time I would, every time like I've seen it was Justin and we're kind of working on stuff. Usually, actually, Justin is working on the physics course sitting next to me while I'm working on stuff and I'll just start cursing Sivalad's name I'm like what am I talking about there is no Sivalad it's just the collective known as Sivalad I'm like what kind of an asshole would write a query like this what is this you know I'm like oh, who am I even yelling about yeah I'm so mad at the collective god but I'm like at the end of the day it's my fault it's yeah. my fault I let it happen I everything I, there was we were it was an it was I was an absentee landlord yeah, you know, I yeah. said, you know what, I, I just want something magical to happen. I want to not have to worry about this. I just want to tell you what to do, and you build it. And I guess what, there is no magic in the world. You got to do the damn work. There's no way around it. There's no way. So that's a good story. All right, that's a wrap. We're out.